I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent myhealthpolicy.com what do you think about usa today i mean forbes i mean forbes i mean sports illustrated what do you think about these news uh, publications picking up a story like that when there's so much real news going on out there today well first of all like personally i was pretty entertained by how we were able to work the entire wrestling industry i'm not buying most of this i'm not buying most of this at all this wasn't just spurred a moment let's hire coach I think it was done just to take the focus off of Booker T. And I think this was all designed that he was going to be a temporary fill for David Otunga. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Yo, man, I'm the, I'm the fucking, you want to talk to me, motherfucker? I'm the fucking button. <laughs> I'm the boss. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, retard. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, retard. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? February 12th, 2017, and welcome to this edition of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. I am Don Tony, joined along with, as always, Humble Pie, Kev Castle. Humble Pie? Why Humble Pie? I must, I just finished my Humble Pie the other day, DT, and uh, uh, you you don't have to have a slice because you were right. Uh, Let's just get it right out of the way. Uh, you were correct. I ate some Humble Pie. I had doubt. So and J- I should have listened to you. So I was completely right about Jason Jordan needed to getting nerves released because of the pressure causing him not. Oh, no, that wasn't it. Oh, no. Now I got to have two slices. <laughs> of There's no. a lot of overweight people. You know what? There's a lot of overweight people eating humble pie right now. But you know what? I don't blame anybody for thinking that the Corey Graves Booker T situation was legit. I, I have my doubts, and I explained it last week. Um, we'll play later on the audio clip of Booker T and Corey Graves that took place over the weekend. But the the, the one thing that annoyed me, well, two things. One, I got a kick out of people on YouTube that were editing their comments from like a week ago to basically saying, I don't believe it for one bit. I don't believe it for one bit. And you could see it because each one is edited, 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 edited. And then you got people on on social media, not every single person, but a lot of them like, 
oh, I've been saying it all along. I knew it all along. But meanwhile, their fingers were broken the last two weeks and they couldn't write nothing. You know, everybody comments about it after the fact. And for everybody that's asking me, because the funny thing is, is that Booker T and Corey Graves were laughing at how they worked the entire internet, the entire wrestling community. Yeah. I, I didn't buy it. I did not buy it. And for people that have been asking me the last couple of days, how did you know? What made you think that you didn't buy it? And I tell everybody the same thing. Take a step back and use common fucking sense. Does it really make sense that all of these employees are going to start bitching and complaining and being overly outspoken about co-workers? You know, this is supposed to be one happy, gooey family in WWE making fucking history. And I just, it, I it didn't pass the smell test for me. And uh, I didn't buy it. Not that you, not that there isn't disharmony in the workplace with a lot of people. We we know, and from TV shows to baseball teams, it's we've seen it documented all well, the time. That's what I wrote on Patreon right. to a few people early. You and I have a little dissension at times. Mish and I have a dissension at times. That doesn't mean that we want to fucking hit each other with a baseball bat at a Starbucks or something like that. I mean, there yeah. there is tension sometimes in the workplace that happens with a lot of people but that does it that's a big difference between wanting to beat the shit out of someone so you know it's just i don't know i just think people are afraid to use common sense way too often even the rick flair thing that happened earlier tonight and i wasn't going to mention it but mm -hmm. You know, no disrespect to some of these people that do podcast stuff like that. But I was reading stuff earlier tonight. And I'm like, do you even have a fucking clue? Do you even understand how Twitter operates when you post a comment underneath a photo that you posted and not a separate comment that you're actually commenting about something you posted earlier? And it's like, wow, I got to bring this shit up too. People just don't use their own common sense. They'd rather go with the pack and be like everybody else and go along with the flow and t instead of just taking a step back and use a common sense say, you know, I just, a lot of these things just don't jive. And the Scott Stanford stuff, you know, again, this guy, we see him every day here in New York News. Yep. And this guy isn't going to just come out of left field and fucking call Booker T. G.I. Bro. And even if he said it legit the first time, you're not going to come back the following week and call him a stink eye. And piss them off. I mean, come on. It's just people out there just need to use their noggin a little bit more and you'll get things more correct. I mean, even, you know, the other stuff with Jason Jordan, we talked about the stuff with Roman Reigns being accused about the steroids thing. I mean, right. people are giving, sending us links. Hey, here's proof that Roman Reigns really did talk to this guy about steroids. And all of this is a fucking recording about the, of the guy in jail saying, I talked to Roman Reigns. Come on. Well, everyone, Dita, you have to admit that there's so many podcasts right now and it's so competitive market. And, and even if we're not competing for some brass ring or whatever, we all have our audiences. We're all looking to get new people. We're looking to hold on to our loyal uh, fan base that we have and not lose them to another show who might be more informative or have that more hot scoops. There's just so many people are afraid to be wrong. That's basically what it is. Or they're afraid to, uh, you know, really be called out on anything. But you got to remember, this is entertainment. Things change. We don't we, we don't have an insider. Me and you we have some friends on the inside, but we don't have someone feeding us information direct from the back. We get it right sometimes, you get it right sometimes. Sometimes we get it wrong, but you have to admit when you get it wrong and you and you can get a little pat on the back when you get it right. Yeah. 
So uh, my back is red right now. So <laughs> uh, we're gonna play that Barry clip. Harwood shirt. Uh, yeah, I I don't. I'll be playing the clip of Corey Gray's Booker T early because I think a lot of people haven't heard it yet. But the bottom line is, is that just as we called it, I mean, the whole thing was just fictitious. And 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 the funny thing was is that Sports Illustrated said that it was done to put a little more heat on Corey Graves and take the focus off of Booker T being removed as an announcer, and that's exactly what we said last week. It worked. It was one yeah. of the most talk, talked about storylines that wasn't a storyline. I'm telling you, I've, we've been saying this for quite some time now. WWE is trying to be, you know, come off as more realistic and more reality. I mean, that's why you got the camera phones now of them cutting their own promos. They're supposed to, and WWE made a huge mistake last week. Uh, and I'll tell you where. Nobody picked it up. I don't know if you've seen on TV now, but they're doing this graphic thing where they're putting up block letters as the wrestlers are cutting promos. Okay. Okay. And the thing is, is that, you know, they did the backstage segment with Gals and Anson today, and they're calling the Revival nerds, and you see these block letters coming up, you know, saying, and they're doing word for word, their promo. And I totally am fine with that if it's a pre-recorded promo, because somebody could go back and read it and, you know, just add the typesetting and put it on the screen. But when you got people cutting live promos... And people are typing the block as it's going along. This ain't fucking closed caption for the deaf. You know, this is supposed to be like this, you know, Batman stuff, the New Japan. I mean, it's it's just like the, the, they got to be very careful with stuff like that because it's coming off very, very cheesy. No, I agree with you. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you want to comment about Raw tonight? Uh, there was some... Some highlights, some low. I mean, clearly the thing I liked the most is what a lot of people were talking about on Twitter. Not just uh, the, well, the last match and that the double pin. We'll get into that. Um, but uh, the Elias uh, Braun Strowman thing was very entertaining. I I kind of agree with Bubba Ray Dudley who tweeted a uh, good segment, but no reason to sacrifice Elias like that. Uh, I don't know if he was sacrificed, but again, Braun having to get the best of him. Braun got the best of him last week. I didn't understand why you had to smash him again this week. Uh, maybe to show that Elias can take a beating. I'm not really sure. But it was an entertaining uh, segment, DT. When he came out with that big bass, that was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, and for, for people that are just wondering, I mean, you go on YouTube and you can build a smashable guitar. I mean, that thing yeah. was plastic. It was hollow. I mean, yeah. that was a, basically a, a prop. I mean, Jesus Christ, thank God it's a prop. I mean, you, you try to hit somebody with a real bass guitar like that, I mean, you'll fucking kill them. That was like the uh, Slim Jim Phantom from the Stray Cats. But yeah, like the I actually, thing. you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of that cartoon. Remember the bass uh, solo? Is you is or is oh, you yeah. ain't my uh, baby? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, boom, yeah. Boom. That was Tom and Jerry, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was, no, that was Tom and Jerry. Yeah, it right. was Tom and Jerry because Jerry oh. Mouse was in, the, in, the, in, his, in his apartment. And as you heard the bass, brum, brum, and you would hop up and down, and then his head would hit the, ah, oh, man, that was good. I was just thinking of the, of the Stray Cats with that big stand-up bass. Oh, Stray uh, Cats strut, I'm a ladies' yeah, yeah. man. Right. Yeah, 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 Slim Jim Phantom. Sure, I remember that. But did you think I, did you think uh, it was cool to make Braun look a little silly singing and stuff? You think that was good to do that to his character? I had no problem with it. Yeah, me either. I didn't have a problem. I had no problem with it, because basically he was mocking Elias and basically saying, I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> you know, I'm going to smash right. his guitar over you. Uh, I really didn't have a problem with that. I mean, it just gave a little comedy. You know, I didn't like what they did with Braun with the Christmas thing, having him dress up as an elf and doing those skits. I mean, yeah, I totally understand, you know, why they did it. 
I just thought, you know what, you know, that's right smack in the middle with, I'm not finished with you. You know, it's, yeah. it, I, I didn't like the timing, but this I have no problem with. I yeah, really it was a, it was a, it was a fun segment. I thought, uh, the opening match, Cena and, and Miz was good. Of course, Miz eats the pin as usual. Uh, just like in the last match, Bray Wyatt eats the pin as usual. It seems to be typical who gets pinned in these segments. Um, I, I think overall it was a decent raw. I mean, people think, how could you like Raw, Kev, every week? I'm like, I don't like every week, but I, it's decent. It's not bad. It's To me, it's better show than SmackDown. I thought overall it was a decent show. I mean, that's there was some good stuff, not so good stuff, but I definitely enjoyed the Braun uh, uh, Elias segment. The last match was very good, too. Now they ended off almost in a WCW finish where you don't know really what happened with the aftermath. Uh, the two guys got the double pin, DT. What do you think happens from here? With They're going to face each so. other next week. They got to milk it for one extra week. Right. Okay. I think that's uh, if you notice, even on SmackDown, I mean, the storylines, they 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 take storylines now that really should come to a conclusion a week or two early. And and I'll tell you the reason why they're doing this. If you look at their pay-per-view schedule this year compared to last year, I think they're doing two less pay-per-views, maybe three. And that may not sound like a whole lot. But the thing is, is that. Um, when you have an extra week or two weeks between the pay-per-view and then you're, you're alternating between Raw and SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown, what you have now is is that a storyline that need, may sometimes need to go four or five weeks, six weeks before it gets to a pay-per-view. So they're mil- it's, it's kind of like what we were saying about Asuka or even Alexa Bliss. I, it was funny because the week before last we were on the show pointing out that since October, Alexa Bliss has had one match for the title since October. We're now in the middle of February. And then all of a sudden they did the title match the following week on Raw. So, but if you notice, like uh, Nia Jax gets into altercation or Alexa Bliss's confrontation with, with Asuka and then Asuka knocks her out. And then the next week, I'm going to challenge her the following week. And then three weeks or four weeks have gone by and there's only been one match. Same thing with Nia. I mean, Nia, you know, last week, the week before, what is she really doing? She beat up somebody last week. They tried to play it off in the crowd, but this week she just attacks both women and two, three weeks go by and you realize she's only had one match. That's why we pointed out last week when we were doing the year end awards, Charlotte only had 30 some odd singles matches the entire year last year. Yeah. You know, which, which honestly is good because it preserves their bodies, but you know, the things are getting dragged out a little bit longer and it's pretty obvious. You could see it. Definitely. So, um, now I mentioned this, on Twitter before we went live. And I could be completely wrong with it. But tonight they announced Ivory going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Right. Well-deserved. I mean, you and I, I'm sure, you know, I know it sounds a little perverted, but we, I think we had jit gel rags for her when she was Tina Ferrari. I mean, that was my ultimate. Other than maybe like, what was the chick... Oh, she had brown hair. She was a porno star in the in the eighties, early nineties. And Mick Foley was addicted to, well, not addicted to, attracted to. He used to. I don't know if you remember. Mick Foley was always commenting about a certain porn star. Not the uh, not uh, Chris. Um, oh Wait, God, I think I, I think you could be right, Christy. Someone in the chat, Christy Canyon, Boom Shakalak. Yes, Christy Canyon. Yeah, oh, okay. Tina Ferrari was like my my PG version of Christy Canyon, just not adult entertainment. It was my, well, we, were, we were teenagers when she came out. I mean, that was 30 years ago. Glow. 
Well, the one thing that I always appreciated about Ivory, I don't know exactly her age right now, but when she came into WWE, she was older than a lot of the women there. In fact, I, I remember people making a big deal that Gregory Helms was dating her at one time. And they yeah. were talking about the age difference. So she she was awesome. She really well, was. How old is anybody in the chat room know how old she is? I don't wanna Well, uh, I, I'm sure somebody'll pull it up and some lazy people will get the age wrong. But shout out to everybody in the chat, by the way. And I say that with the utmost love. I mean, we we fuck around with each other. Yeah, see somebody's like fifty three or so. Just go on fucking Google <laughs> Wikipedia. I mean, come on. You, 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 that, by the time you Wait, type, we ask for an estimation. We, we, we want to estimate fifty six. Ballpark figure fifty six. Okay, 56. so she was. Let's let's figure it out here. Uh, she came on the scene in what ninety ninety eight. I think that time. twenty about twenty years ago. Yeah. So yeah, it's late thirties. She was in her mid to mid thirties, late thirties, oh, wow. mid thirties. Yeah. yeah. So she, she came in older. And it d- didn't slow her down. Somebody's saying she's 63. She's not that old. <laughs> she's not 63. She, but on. she still looks great. God bless her. And um, I'm happy she's going in. Um, the one thing that kind of annoyed me to, tonight, and I think I'm wrong about this, and I know mark it on your calendars is one of the times where I think wrong. Did, <laughs> mark it on your calendar. Did you, did you hear the woman that was narrating Ivory going into the Hall of Fame? Who was that? I listened to the voice, and again, I'm probably wrong on this one, but I don't, it just, you ever like, you, you, you might be like in a store, and you may be online buying cold cuts, and you hear a voice like down the aisle, and it's like a voice that you just know, and it's annoying, and you're getting like cringy, but you can't like pinpoint where that voice is from. Uh-huh. I had that tonight. I'm listening to the narrating, and I'm like, oh. I I know this voice, and then I realize. See, I'm having gas right now. I I literally, seriously, I could get up right now and fart live on camera. I'm getting a stomach cramps thinking about it. My girlfriend loves watching the ID channel and fucking HLN. All this fucking investigation, discovery, crazy women, oh, killer man. women, be you know, everything. And they have a series called Deadly Women. Yes. And you, you, and for people that don't know what it is, I fucking scrambled tonight and logged on to like my online cable and and actually recorded thirty seconds of the intro of Deadly Women. I I am probably wrong on this, but I'm telling you, I think the narrator tonight is the woman from Deadly Women. Could he, be. Here's a voice. This is a voice. Let's hear it. <laughs> When love turns to hate, that's her. Watch out. Yeah, that's her. A jilted wife takes out the competition. She was going to take this. I hate this show. For all. A good time girl is running low on charm. She was desperate. She was actually at the end. She had no other options. And unrequited love pushes a woman to the edge. There's easier ways to kill someone, but that's not what she wanted. These deadly women are the exes from hell, dumped and dangerous. Oh, God. They're mean and they're menstruating. Ivory, Hall of Fame. They're ovulating and over the edge. 
I hate that show. I hate that voice. And I heard it tonight. I started getting nauseous. I'm like, oh, no. I know that voice from somewhere. It's it just, it, oh, it got me so angry. It probably I, is. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, I'm telling you, sounds- somebody in the chat room's like, oh, no, it's somebody from Fox Sports. And I, Fox Sports? I, I, I hate that show. Nothing personal against the narrator. But, man, you couldn't do better. Seriously, I just the woman tonight. There was no emotion. This woman only gets emotion once when, when you when she's recapping someone slashing someone's someone's throat. <laughs> you know they're jilted. They're, come on, man. This woman <laughs> talking about ivory. It just there was no emotion. It was just uh, she's like reading off a fucking script. But if ivory would have fucking threatened to kill some, she's. Get out of here. I fucking heard that. And I'm probably wrong, like I said. But, man, you re- you watch back the clip of Ivory being mentioned for the Hall of Fame today. And that fucking it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the yeah, they didn't really. Well, you know, when you think of Ivory, I'm wondering, is it real? It, Ivory was what? Right to censor. And she, she had a, a couple other stints here and there. And wasn't she announced towards the latter part of her tenure in the WWE? Yeah, did, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I like Ivory and everything, but I just, again, I'm, I mean, maybe it's a little too soon for the China thing. I mean, they're kind of warming up to China getting in there someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luna and Sable, to me, should have gone in way before uh, Ivory. I, I don't know why they, you know, why these other girls are overlooked. I don't have a problem with Ivory. I mean, I, I don't know if she had a Hall of Fame career, but then again, Coco Beware and Nikolai Volkov didn't have a Hall of Fame career, so what am I going to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I, I didn't the Vashans, they, 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 shouldn't they have gone in as like a whole family? I don't you know. know Paul, I, Paul Butcher Bashan, as you remember, DT was pretty much an enhancement talent. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, Mad Dog, Mad Dog is in already, by the way. Mad Dog, uh, Mad Dog Vashan is in the Hall of Fame already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. And by the way, uh, shout out to Vig in the chat. You know, he says that he's no longer a wrestling fan, and you know, but he wanted to pass by to say hello to everyone. And you know, he's uh, I don't know. So for everybody out there, if you want to say your goodbyes to Vig, you know, before we block him, you know, he's, <laughs> he's always ragging on me. But you know, he, he's a long time guy, so you know, right. I wish him well. Um, so I I don't know if that's the woman that did the you know the the narrating tonight, but man, it sounded awfully like that woman from Killer Women or Deadly Women or whatever. It's fucking ah, hated it. By the it. way, by the way, DT rumor mill not confirmed, but it's out there that uh, next week uh, Bam Bam Bigelow is going to be. I hope so. Hotel. It's it's about time. Yeah, Bam Bam definitely. It's about time for Bam Bam. I guess his wife or. Family, much like Boss Man or Rude, probably his family will accept, I guess. I, I hope they put in Vader soon, man. That guy is not in the greatest of health. And, you know, I, I was go doing a recap thing this week for the history, and this is the anniversary where fucking Vader's eye popped out in his match with Stan Hansen. Oh, God, and, I remember that. Yeah, and, and, and people want to see it. It's not for the weak of heart, especially, you know, you, the quality online is not all that great, but, man, his eye popped out. And you see him remove the the mask, and he's oh, pushing man. the eye back in the oh, socket. Oh God, I'm cringing thinking about he's that. Tough son of a bitch. I mean, <sighs> why is it taking this? I mean, I know that there's only so many people you could put in the Hall of Fame, but man, you why is it taking this long to put someone like Vader or Bam Bam Bigelow in the Hall of Fame? I, I don't understand it. And you know what? Put Cindy Lauper in while you're at it. You know, just for the entertainment wing. I mean, all the shit with the rock and wrestling and stuff like that. Why is she? Oh, not yeah. in the, she no, should have been in there ten years ago. Also. Definitely right. Yeah. 
Um, little since we're talking about rumors, uh, I think this might be a little bit more than a rumor, but Paige has a new boyfriend. Yes, I saw that. I, I don't know if anybody out there's ever heard of this group. It's Attila. A-T- Attila. Attila. A T T I L A. Yes. Never heard of them. I was just reading about a song they released a couple of years ago called About That Life. And mm. the funny thing is, is that if you watch that music video and you look at the comments and you look at all the, you know, the 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 hard rock magazines talking about this relationship with Paige and uh, the I guess the bass player, whoever it is, they're all like talking about, oh, how cool, how nice and everything. But if you look at the comments for this band last year, the year before, you know, mm-hmm. they're talking about 30-somethings, talking about, if you read the lyrics for the for the song, they're talking about fucking hoes and playing PlayStation. And people no. are like, these are 30-something-year-olds doing this. So, and somebody summarized it perfectly. This band is one of the biggest douches ever in metal. So I don't know uh-huh. nothing about them. I don't know if they've changed, but... You know, you look at it as of last year, and everybody shit on them for the most part. Yeah, they're they're what you what you call metalcore, which is a I can't stand that fucking terminology in our industry. They're they're a metalcore band from Atlanta, Georgia. They were formed about I don't know, maybe a little over about probably two thousand five, two thousand six. I know them through the younger fan base that comes to the clubs that I work at, who are wearing their shirts or mm. rocking their shirts. I don't know that much about them, but to me, it's a typical bunch of dudes that fucking page would probably hang out with yeah i mean she's she's back to her normal uh boyfriend uh you know mo set of uh alberto del rio was out of left field this is more her speed i it always felt like alberto was more of like a father figure for her yeah that was her that was her dip in the older man pool so to speak and now she's back hanging out with douchebags from metalcore bands oh i don't know nothing about the band all i know is that when i did some research and read about them i mean i'm not kidding about 95 percent of the comments were all negative about them and i'm reading some of their lyrics and i'm like come on a fucking 13 year old uh you know, uneducated homeless person could come up with some of these lyrics. Yeah, it's it's. For, I mean, it's not for our age group anyway. No, no. What's for late teens, early twenties? Yeah, yeah, you know what? Hey, good, good for them. Good for them. Exactly. Good for her. Good for him. I should say them. I mean, she's yeah, not, just 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 Paige. Don't film anything. Just don't film anything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what? Good luck. <laughs> the whole band bag it up. You know, I kind of feel bad because I'm having flashbacks of Xavier Woods and Brad Maddox. And oh, I God. and, and th- the reason why I say that is because I my next comment was to shout out one of our longtime listeners, friend of the show, Patron's big time supporter. I plug him every week. DJ Dells in his sneaker podcast. Oh, he yeah. is the proud father of a new baby boy named Maddox. Oh, so it's kind of bad timing. I mean, I wasn't planning on mentioning Brad Maddox, but yeah, I just want to congratulate uh, Dells and all the best to you and your family. He is good fucking people. Oh, no, he is. I like him a lot. He interacts a lot on uh, Twitter. So, yeah, congratulations. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and, and I want to shout out Tom Nelson, who is one of our associate producers on Patreon. My apologies, my friend. I forgot to plug him last week. And, you know, I try to keep up with everything. And once in a while, I actually do make a mistake. So, you know, my, my sincere apologies. So, but, uh, yeah, no, but with Paige, you know, she posted some photos of her with this guy. One of the photos had her with, in, in, with a Christmas tree in the background. So they probably have been together for a little while. And you know what? Good luck for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. 
I, you know, I haven't heard anything personally bad about the guy, just that their music sucks. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not for us. Yeah. It's not. Speaking of, you know, just like bad shit and everything like that, did you read about what happened to Shelton Benjamin last week? Uh, with the gun and yes. the car? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Literally five minutes before Mish and I went live for breakfast soup last week, somebody instant messages me and said, did you see what happened with Shelton Benjamin? I said, no. And Shelton Benjamin literally tweeted this couple of minutes before we went live. And I people thought I was really overreacting on breakfast soup. And right. I listened to myself back and I was like, no, you know what? I actually would say the exact same thing again. Shelton Benjamin is one very lucky person right now. To to, to very yeah. lucky person, not because of what happened, but for the people that don't know what went down here, you know, we talk about, you know, outside of this show, we talk about Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter and everything else. And, you know, they, there are some bad cops, but it doesn't reflect, I mean, the majority of police officers. Just like, you know, there are some bad black people that doesn't represent the whole black, you know, the, the, per, you know, the, the whole you know race. And the same thing with whites and everything else. There's bad in everybody. In every, there's bad in government. There's bad in sports. There's, look at Esteban Lewise. Did you hear about that today? Oh, yeah, no, I heard about it. You can get a bad peach, DT. You, you get a bad soup. peach. It's bad fruit. <laughs> so Check this out, all right? So I believe, and I totally understand, you know, and I read more and more about how, how black people are, you know, targeted more with police officers. I mean, police officers aren't going out and saying, oh, I can't wait to pull over some black person today, but they are inclined to pull over black people more than white people get a little bit more suspicious. And not only that, get a little bit more defensive. I mean, you see some videos where cops kind of jump the gun because the stereotypical thinking is that a black person may be more inclined to have a weapon. So the person that, you know, could be just has a little itch and going to scratch his chest and the fucking cop starts blowing him away thinking he's pulling for a gun. So Sean Benjamin uh, last week is at doing the SmackDown tapings, and he's bringing his rental car back to the rental place. So you know, I mean, when you rent out a car, they go away, go a couple of days. I mean, you know, you might put something in the trunk. You may not even open the trunk. You may not even open the glove compartment. So he's bringing the car back to the rental place. He opens the glove compartment for whatever reason, and right smack in the glove compartment is a fucking loaded handgun. Wow! Not a hand, a loaded handgun. Oh no, I saw the picture that he uh, he po- he posted. And I I was so you know really because I want people to really take a step back for a minute. Could you imagine if this man got pulled over from the cops? for speeding, spot check, for whatever reason, and he goes in the glove compartment or something to get an ID card or something, and a cop sees a loaded fucking handgun? You know, could you imagine what could have happened for real? I And I'm, and I'm not saying it to be fucking yeah. dramatic here. I just take a step back and I just envision that in my mind. That could have gone so wrong so badly. And yeah. Lord knows what have been what was going through this guy's mind when he saw that. That is fucking scary, scary shit. It's bad enough for any of us to be in that situation. But could you imagine him 
Yeah, it, no, it's a, definitely. When I saw the picture of it, I was just like, how could how could that happen? Yeah. I mean, really, how could did they get to the bottom of, of how that was left there? No, no. I mean, you know, I I haven't really looked, but man, yeah, I didn't really hear a follow up on it. You know, I didn't really. No, I mean, but, I would think he probably just called the police and you know cursed out the rental company. And I wish he would have posted online the fucking name of the rental company. I mean, yeah. you know, whether it was the rent company's, I I think it's the rental company's fault, and I'll tell you what. Why? Because when you return a car, they they even have this, anybody that's ever seen it, they have these giant pads with like a, like a drawing of a car. And they're supposed to do like a 60-point inspection to examine every little part of that car from bumper to bumper. And somebody should have went in that glove compartment and saw that it was in there. And somebody obviously, oh, it's budget rent the car. Somebody mentioned. You oh, know it's what? budget. Yeah, he might have actually posted the rental place. I don't have the the picture in front of me, but okay. You know, somebody a budget rental car should have lost their job over that. Seriously, because there's no excuse. They're supposed to check every little aspect of the car, and somebody obviously didn't. Yeah, it's very scary. It is very scary, and and for uh, Shelton, like I said, for him to post about it, he realized that uh, that could have uh, that could have gone horribly wrong if he got pulled over. That that was scary, man. And uh, what about Seth Rollins? Did you hear what happened with him with TSA? That I didn't hear. Oh, man, he uh, he was pissed off. You know, he went. Uh, he obviously he's traveling all the time with WWE, and he went through an airport, and his luggage got screened by TSA. Right. And Seth Rollins, like a lot of wrestlers now, they have pre-packaged meals. I mean, there, there's one that Tyrus always promotes. I can't remember the name of it right now. Seth Rollins promotes trifecta system meals. But there's these companies out there that make meals, you know, pre-made, and you basically, you know, you, you take them with you. I mean, some of them have to be refrigerated, and somebody, some of them don't. Right. So anyway, long story short, he's going through... Uh, the luggage area where they screen the luggage and when he gets to his destination he finds out that TSA you know they went in his bag to check everything out but um, he he had 13 meals with him and when it went through TSA they took four of the meals out of the bag Oh God! they actually (laughs) stole some of his meals (laughs) I kid you not you know so he was pissed off and he was writing online that TSA stole his fucking food oh God yeah, so, but uh, I, I I really got to ask your opinion on this. Um, you won't find it online right now because Ric Flair took it down. Uh, I think Ric Flair doesn't understand what part of what happened needed to come down. So he took down the whole thing, which I thought was a mistake. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know what I'm talking about, but here's here's basically the deal. All right. We know Ric Flair's life. We know his, you know, his sexual prowess and stuff like that. He's a limousine riding, jet flying, you know, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, kiss the girls, make them cry, Space Mountain, all that shit. Right. So Ric Flair, um, for I guess it was for Valentine's Day or whatever. You know, he's been posting sales on on his website, and he posted something earlier today that he's got what's called the woo compromise and it's basically a contract but the contract is set up in a way where he signs it and you're supposed to sign it too and it looks like a contract and it's basically 
you know, it's it's a way to get an autographed item from him. Okay. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's not a real contract, but it's basically a creative way of getting an autograph from him. So okay. basically the tweet said, fun and responsibility go hand in hand. Get your autograph woo compromise for $50 and be ready for the future. Only available at rickflairshop.com and natureboyrickflair.com. So okay. the autographed item has the following contract. And it says, by signing this compromise, both parties involved agree to ride Space Mountain and engage in sexual relations on this night. This contract adheres to guidelines of informed consent, and both people in the relationship must be present and not in an intoxicated state before signing. No party should be pressured or persuaded into something that they do not want to do. And they reserve the right to terminate the contract if need be. This contract has the signed and sealed approval of the nature boy, Ric Flair, who has taken many women for a ride on Space Mountain and has the utmost respect for women. All right. So basically, you know, obviously, when you hear this on the surface, (coughs) you know, not, you know, maybe not many men are the, you know, would possibly want this contract signed unless, you know, they prefer the M&Ms with peanuts than plain. So he also has the contract set up where I could sign it, my girlfriend could sign it, and he would be the witness of it. You get it? So so look, I mean, he's basically saying this is a contract to ride Space Mountain and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now look, at his age, but his career, do you have any real problem with that? I don't know if I have a problem. It's I don't know. Maybe because of his age and everything, it's kind of creepy. Okay, it's <laughs> not the word. All right. Well, here's I mean, where he, he's he's almost seventy years old. I mean, yeah. what what is that? Well, here's where he fucked up. Okay, and people, it just blew me away that podcasters and people that run websites don't know the difference between commenting on a tweet and tweeting a separate tweet. Where Ric Flair fucked up, and like I said, he took down the entire tweet. He took down the photo of this, the advertisement, and everything because he was getting responses. Die, drop dead, go to hell. Charlotte can tell your father to take this down. This is fucked up. Are you crazy? Are you insane? And I'm reading all of this, and I'm like, wait a minute. You know, the fuck is wrong with people? I mean, yeah, he's in his 70s, whatever, but come on. I mean, we're talking about two consensual adults wanting to have sex, and it's a creative autographed item. What the fuck is wrong with that? Then I realized what happened. This is fucked up. Underneath that photo and advertisement, he (laughs) added a second tweet. And under the second tweet, it said, hashtag me too. Hashtag time's up. Now, for people, I mean, you all by now know what the Me Too movement is, but hashtag time's up has to do with sexual abuse also. So basically, that people were going, get rattled beyond belief because he, it came off that he's using the Me Too movement by hashtagging it to use attention to his advertisement. So people were seeing the fuck is he writing hashtag me too or hashtag times up and you had to see it person after person after person the fuck is wrong with this guy are you crazy drop dead go back to the fucking hospital you're crazy how can you fucking want to profit over people abuse 
And ultimately, after about an hour and a half, he took the whole entire thing down. But people right now are like, oh, maybe it was one of his representatives that posted that. Let me tell you something. You know, I think Ric Flair's intentions were sincere. And I think what Ric Flair was trying to do, I'm trying to look at the bright side of this or trying to use his logic. The only thing I could come up with to defend him and I'm not defending him. I, don't, I think he was just totally wrong for this. But the only thing I could think of him in his right mind was he was thinking, okay, this is a consensual agreement between two people. You know, this is, you don't understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the yeah, Me yeah. Too, this is not, a, so I think he was trying to say, like, look, this is like a satirical way of two people. Like, this is what it's come down to now. Remember when we were having a conversation about people are going to be afraid to go to bars or pick up people now because they're afraid. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's what he was trying to do. But the thing is, is that even if it was a representative, who the fuck in their right mind on behalf of Ric Flair would do something like that? It, it, WWE, something like that, WWE could turn around and fucking drop him and say, look, we can't have you, you know, be a rep, you know, an ambassador for our company anymore. Especially yeah. right now, the smack of the Me Too movement. I don't know who posted that, but man, was that just a dumb move. It was a dumb. And also, I, I think he did do it. It wasn't his representatives. I think he's just an older man and didn't really understand it. Sometimes, listen, I'm, you know, in my 40s and I sometimes take a look at stuff I post. I'm like, yeah, maybe that's, you know, I should maybe alter that a little bit. Uh, it happens to everybody. And I think to someone from his generation, uh, it's the most confusing. I mean, let's be honest, DT. Uh, a 10-year-old has much more uh, computer savvy and knowledge on what to post and write than a 75-year-old does. Right. And I mean, let's be honest. It's true. With age comes wisdom, but not necessarily technical savvy. Yeah. You know, when it comes to posting things on, uh, you know, what's the right thing to do. I mean, seriously. I mean, my nephew shows me stuff and he's 10. So I'm not even kidding because he just – this is his life. This is his world now. Well, all the people, and especially Ric Flair, I could picture him or Hogan or something – or just guys from that generation just having a little bit of a misstep or thinking something was a good idea and not knowing that in today's climate it could be taken a completely different way. Yeah. You know what I would have done if I was Ric Flair? I would have posted that 20% of the proceeds is going to go towards, you know, something with sexual abuse. Yeah. That's I mean, what I would have done. There was a way to correct it. And probably, probably should have networked with Charlotte to know how to navigate through something like that, you know, and, uh, but it is amazing, DT, how everyone turned on him so quickly. Wow. I mean, it was drop it, dead, die. I mean, just die. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, people didn't. It was just like I said, it blew me away that people didn't understand. People thought that he took it down because the autograph contract was fucked up. It had nothing to do with the autograph no. contract. It had to do with the hashtag. It was strictly the hashtag. But I'll tell you, you know, in this day and age, though, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to get people that could give a shit about wrestling, could care less about Ric Flair, that are really pushing, you know, the Me Too movement and deservingly so. But they're going to turn around. And as far as I know, I don't know of any woman who is uh, claimed to have been raped by Ric Flair over the years. Or, no. or I don't recall anything. So, but the point is, is that someone screenshot, I, I did, but I'm not posting it. People screenshotted it and that's going to keep haunting them. You're going to keep seeing people reposting and reposting. Look what's happening to Vince McMahon. No, I know, but I just think that that's such bullshit because there's not anybody listening to the show or or on you know right now who has not had tweet regret or went back and edited or deleted something that says, "Oh wait, I, I let me let me change that around." 
and uh, you know, changed their mind or saw or a friend gave them a quiet hey, dude. Did you mean that, you know, maybe someone will take that the wrong way? What the fuck? It's human error. Why is everyone so on? This is the original tweet. Yeah, like no one let he is without sin cast the first stone. Give me a break. Everyone makes those mistakes, DT. Celebrities, regular people, we all have done it. You know, so why why is Ric Flair held to a different stand? And he's a, people say he's an old, and he's an older guy. You know, I mean, he, I I don't think he meant any harm, and I hope it doesn't uh, become anything more than it needs to be, which is nothing. Yeah, I I was trying to uh, search on Google, but they got some stupid fucking banner floating right now. It's in case anybody heard that snowing sound in the background. Okay. Um, people are asking me what uh, was I mentioned about Vince McMahon. I don't know if you listen to the show on a regular basis, but we talked about assholes uh, the day that he announced the the reformation of XFL. People were bringing up the 2006 incident where he was accused of sexual abuse in a tanning salon, but he was cleared of all charges. Exactly. And Daily News and places were reposting it as if it was new news, and, and there was nothing, not one tiny little iota of, of anything that changed from 2006 he was cleared plain and simple but yeah. i read a couple of days ago i don't know if it was dead spin and forgive me if it wasn't dead spin i wish someone could go check it while i'm saying this this way i can say fuck you dead spin but i don't know if it's actually them but a couple of days ago i think it was them they posted an article saying that they interviewed the 17-year-old who was 17-year-old at the time, the kid that was in the place at the time that said he picked up a baseball bat because he was going to bash it over Vince McMahon's head because of this girl crying and stuff like that. And I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you fucking seeked out someone who was in the tanning salon 12 years ago, all right, yeah. even though this guy was cleared, and yes, DJ is saying it was dead spin. They interviewed again, and not a, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm a dick for saying this, but if I was 17 years old, whether I witnessed something or I didn't, whether something happened or it didn't happen, and I got interviewed 12, 13 years later and saying, right. hey, what happened that time? Me to come off as a good guy, macho guy, turn around and be like, yeah, I remember that 13 years ago. I picked up a fucking baseball bat. I was going to crack it over his goddamn skull. But these fucking people held me back, and I'm like, you should never put your hands on a girl, you motherfucker, cocksucker. And then I come off looking. Who the fuck seeks out? You understand what I'm saying? Like, they're bringing up shit. For, he got cleared of this stuff. And I, he got cleared. He got cleared. You know, like I said, there are women who are abused. There are men who are abusers, and there are people also that lie and exaggerate. And I don't know what happened that night. All I know is he was cleared of the charges, and for these places to be rehashing 12, 13-year-old articles when there's nothing that changed since then, you're only doing it to try to get hits, try to get clickbait, and try to bring someone down that didn't do anything. Exactly. It's, he, it's sick, man. And, it's sick. And we're in a country that you're innocent until proven guilty. That's, that's, the what it's bottom line. that's what it's supposed to be. I think half the country didn't get the memo. Yeah, yeah. It's just you're innocent until proven guilty. All right. Did something happen? I don't know. All right. But the bottom line is, is that, look, people get cleared of charges and you might have doubts in the back of your mind. That doesn't mean that something happened or not. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But the bottom line is 12, 13 years later, Deadspin is interviewing people who claim to have been in a fucking tanning salon that night. The fuck uh, is that? Jeez. They want to take I mean, let's just, they want to take everybody down. Everybody down. Speaking to speaking of what the fuck is that? Did you see this fucking top 10 list bullshit that they're doing on SmackDown now? Oh, for um, 
what's the latest top 10? Oh, what the fuck is going on with WWE? I mean, come on. I mean, is this, is this yeah, and I got to be very careful the way I say it because people get really upset at it. I mean, did they grant fucking wishes to like a 95 year old that's on his deathbed? I want to write for SmackDown just one episode, just one segment. And let me do the top 10 this week. I mean, I don't understand the logic with this. They're doing this top 10 thing now. Where they say yeah, that, I, I saw that. Is it a regular weekly thing? It's supposed to be a regular weekly thing where the locker room votes on the top 10 of right. the wrestlers. First of all, these are supposed to be a top 10 of wrestlers. I, now they're putting tag teams in there. All right. But the thing is, is that this is supposed to be a real list. And think of the storyline of Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan wanting to give opportunity. Okay, and think of the storyline where they're giving Daniel Bryan, I mean, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon are giving Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn a shot at AJ Styles' title again. And now they're doing a match between Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. Remember, the guy that put their title in the middle of the ring and walked out in storyline. Right, right, right. Kev, 10, 15, 20 years from now, Dolph Ziggler is going to do an interview somewhere. And he's (laughs) going to look in retrospect of his career. And he's going to, if he's on bad terms with WWE, which he probably won't because he's a class act, he's in some way, shape, or form going to say, explain to me the fucking logic that I quit and walk out of the company and now I get a title shot? I'm in the Royal Rumble? In storyline, the minute he walked through that door, the locker room should have turned their back on that guy. The locker room should have threatened to beat the fuck out of him. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon should have threw him out of the goddamn building. Not, he's in the Royal Rumble. And he's getting t- And I'm a big Dolph Ziggler fan, and so are you. We're not complaining about his career. I'm happy he's on TV. But the whole storyline is shit. And they do this top 10 list, all right? And, yeah, I could see Ty Dillinger, number 10. You know, I could picture everybody in the back of, oh, 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 10, 10, 10. Like exactly, it, by the way, that's exactly what he wrote. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, if, if it was like the Messiah incident and he got two of his fingers cut off, he would have been eight, eight. He would have been ranked Ooh, number eight. eight. Whatever, whatever number of fingers he had in his hand that they chant, that's what he would have been ranked. And so I could picture people in the back going, oh, let's give it 10 to Ty Dillinger because it's 10, 10. So here's the top 10 list. All right. Number 10, Ty Dillinger. Number nine, Randy Orton. Number eight, Becky Lynch. Number seven, the Usos. Number six, the New Day. Yeah, okay. New Day over the Usos. There's, look at their their comparisons. Yeah. Here. Why? Because they have pancakes. And Bobby Roode, number five. Naomi, number four. Shinsuke, number three. Charlotte, number two. AJ Styles, number one. Now, I have no problem, really, with AJ Styles or Charlotte. Um, I, maybe... I had a blackout in my house. What the fuck is Shinsuke done other than the Royal Rumble match? Uh, well, he's All right. high profile now because he's going to Mania against right. AJ Styles. All right, he's high profile. He's very talented, but the way WWE's booking him is shit. All right, so, yeah. you know, WrestleMania will be different because it's going to showcase Nakamura and Styles. It's going to be awesome. All right, but explain this to me. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens aren't on the list. Nope. Baron Corbin's not on the list. No. Dolph Ziggler's not on the list. Nope. All right. Shit! Now uh, I'm ringing in my head. This is this is this is basically Rusev's Kurt, not on the list. Rusev's not on the list. But here here is Kurt Angle pretending to be Shane McMahon. My job as general manager is to put on the best matches I possibly can. Now explain something to me. Opportunity. 
Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, they're all in these matches for AJ Styles' title, and none of them are on the top 10 list. Explain to me what the fuck is the purpose of this top 10 list? Explain to me how Ty Dillinger ranks over them for, and he's a job guy. Well, that's like a, it's a goofy thing. That's why oh, he was no, 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 I get, I know. I mean, I'm just saying. That's why Randy he was number Owens, 10. Randy Owens number nine. He's the, the highest, uh, you know, he's the hierarchy in that fucking whole division. It's the, this was the stupidest idea because if this was a real list, okay, the wrestlers are picking who they like or whatever. That's not how you fucking do opportunity. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's a popularity contest. If you pull the fans, then the fans are going to choose their favorites, and they probably would leave Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn off of the list, also. You know, but the thing is, is that how do you have a list like that? and talk about opportunity, and portray a list like that, and the four fucking people vying for AJ Styles' title are not on that top ten list. Explain to me. Right. I'm getting gas again. Explain to me the purpose of this fucking list. I don't think there is a purpose. I think they're just trying to come up with these cutesy little things for people to look forward to I don't know, every week. Oh, man. Uh, SmackDown needs to work on their overall presentation, not just do these little kitschy gimmicks. You know, yeah. if they if they want to do and and especially after that list, you know what I would do is I, if I was them, come out with a separate top five list for tag teams. Get the fucking Usos and the New Day off of that list, and for, or, and you know what? Treat the women as good as the men. Have a top five list for the women. Have a top five list for the men. Have a top five list for the tag teams. Do it like what we used to watch. Read and what Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah Remember yeah. that? How yeah, cool was course. that? You would see it would be like a centerfold, but for nerds like you and I. Remember, it would open up to two pages. You would see the WWF champion, the NWA champion, the AWA champion, most hated, most loved, and and of course the uh, you know, the the, the uh, poster of Missy Hyatt in a bikini. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that's what we used to get. I mean, come on, it's, it's, and Mish is saying they still do that. I mean, come on, it's, I don't know. I just. I just can't understand that they could be this half-ass backwards with the way that they're handling Dolph Ziggler. You know, why is Baron Corbin getting this opportunity? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just look mm -hmm. at the overall, it's just the, the way that they use it. And, oh, and I have to say this, because I know you noticed it tonight. I noticed it tonight. A lot of people noticed it tonight. And WWE needs to be very, very careful. And you and I can see this playing out in front of our eyes exactly. Did you hear the crowd reaction when Kurt Angle announced that in two weeks Ronda Rousey was going to sign her WWE Raw contract? Uh, yeah. The I crowd, about 80% booze? About 80% booze? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I was thinking, DT, not for not, I was saying to myself, you know, is, is she necessarily going to be, I mean, the surprise element, her at the Rumble and whatever. But are, is it going to – are smart fans and stuff going to be like, you know what? Fuck this outside. Let her prove herself. I'm not going to put her over. Let's fucking boo her. Like, do you think it's almost like a, a movement? You think that they're going to start booing Ronda Rousey? Well, you know, there's rumors going around that they want Rouse, Ronda Rousey to help Stephanie – Yes, I was gonna. Yeah. Yes, I was gonna say that. Yeah. I, 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 they, they, they want WWE wants Stephanie McMahon to be recognized more in the outside world. You know, like a more, you know, prominent female figure. You know, right. for whatever reasons. You know, some people think running for office. Some people think of other things. Whatever. I don't buy. 
that they're going to use Ronda Rousey to get Stephanie more elevated in the outside world. Because quite honestly, you know, Ronda Rousey is beloved mostly in the UFC world. Women do look up to her as well, but for the most part, you know, what what audience are you going to help Stephanie enhance by funeral? I don't buy that at all. All right. They have better chance of elevating Stephanie by doing, continuing doing everything for charity, for kids, for breast ca- breast uh, cancer survivors, you know, for Make-A-Wish. There's a, or, there's a lot of other ways Stephanie could be recognized bigger in the real world. Ronda Rousey is not one of them, but like you and I talked last week, the locker room has been seeing Ronda Rousey train for months and months and months and months and months. All right, so it's it's not like she's just walking through the doors now and all the women are shocked, like, oh, what's she doing here? You know, that she's been there. But I think fans right now, you know, they they see how, you know, the women's Royal Rumble match ended and right. it got overshadowed with Ronda Rousey doing her Travolta Saturday Night Fever point to this to the WrestleMania logo. I, th- I thought it was more like the monkey and family guy pointing at the- <laughs> I thought it was fucking you know what i thought of i thought of the movie airplane when fucking what's his face did the spoof of saturday night fever and he stuck his finger out and had the gunshot sound oh god you know but 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 dt do you think uh, you know when some people are saying this that they want to basically doppelganger in a female version the austin mcmahon feud and have ronda be steve austin and, and stephanie be vince but do you see that do you see that happening no not at all because Steve Austin was stunning, ringmaster, slowly getting the crowd behind him. You can't have an act, you know, it's not like a Roadrunner Road Runner Wildy Coyote cartoon where you could add water to a box and have Acme Insta Austin. You know what I mean? Like, she's got to earn the respect of the fans. And if they think that the fans think that she's going to be leapfrogged, you know, to, you know, you hear the rumors. They'll turn, they'll turn on. They'll turn on. They're turning on her now. They hear yeah. rumors that she's going to be the one to end Oscar's streak. Whether that's you going to be a disaster, by the way, if that's the case, DT, they're going to bore her out of the building. Whether you the whether you agree with Oscar's streak or not, the way they profiled her tonight on Raw, all she needs to do is cure cancer and end poverty, and she could <laughs> fucking be Jesus Christ or the fucking next coming of. Uh, you know, the that saint, uh, Mother Teresa. I mean, she should just retire right now and go into the Hall of Fame. She's done so fucking much already. But they see all of this and they feel that she's getting over, you know, jumped over everybody. And she hasn't done anything yet in the nope. ring. So fans are starting to get rubbed the wrong way. And I could picture this scenario to the T. What they're going to do is they're going to have steps, you know, look, I'm sorry for people to get offended by this, but we tell it like it is. All right. Stephanie, I, I know she's not like this in real life, but a character, bipolar Stephanie is going to come out. You know, for right. weeks and months, you know, Monday night, rah, everyone, women's <laughs> revolution, first time this, first time that, first time evolution, and every, all the women are clapping, and all the fans are like, oh, thank you, Stephanie, and she's on commentary and praising everyone like they're all fucking Hall of Fame. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's landmark <laughs> history. And you, and you know what's going to happen in two weeks? You're going to hear that song, that fucking horrible hip-hop song 
song that she comes out to, and she's going to berate oh. the fans, and she's going to act like the nasty bitch, and she's going to say that she doesn't like this, and you know, uh, you know, this Ronda Rousey's low class, just like all of you, and and she's going to get the fans to boo her, and then Ronda Rousey's going to come and out, then the gla- and then the glass breaks. Dun, 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 dun. Stephanie Rousey, Stephanie Rousey, Stephanie Rousey. I'm Jim Ross calling. No, you're gonna have you're gonna have uh, Stephanie in the corner or Vince in the corner going, "You ruined it! You ruined it! You ruined it! You ruined!" Remember Tyson? You ruined it. It wasn't you ruined it. You ruined. Crew. It's with an H. You ruined it. That's what you're gonna have. Oh man. Rousey and Stephanie. Rousey and Stephanie. The fuck out of here. Do something in the ring, impress me, and if you're going to impress me, don't fucking fight fucking Lisa Hamilton that we don't know that weighs 88 pounds that looks like she has no experience whatsoever, but she trained in fucking Blue Meanie School. You know what I mean? Like, show me that she's there week after week after week. Show me that she's developing. Show me that she's working. Show me that she actually entertains me. Can't they go the Ken Shamrock route with her like they did with Ken back in the day? Well, Ken Shamrock was uh, a wrestler before he even went into No, no, he was. You're right. I know he wrestled in what was the NWA. He wrestled in Georgia. I I know that, but they built him up slowly but surely, DT. He didn't just come in and beat top guys. He... He had matches and he built himself up. You know what I mean? In the yeah, two years, that but you know, we didn't hear like, "Oh, Ken Shamrock is going to end Steve Austin," and you know, and he's going to do this. No, he, he no, he was he he was a decent wrestler. He got better and better, but he didn't come in and just annihilate everybody because he was Ken Shamrock. I I just think maybe they why can't they go? Why does she have to necessarily be a top top girl? I mean, of course she's a spotlighted girl, but does that mean she has to beat everybody? She should be an attraction right now. Attraction, exactly. There should be no rumors of her ending anybody's streak. And quite honestly, I would do the opposite, and I would have a lose a couple of times. I would do that, too, to humble her a little bit, because even next to Charlotte, she's very short. She's not that big of a girl. You know what I mean? She's she's tough, yeah, but this is, like you said, DT, suspension of disbelief. Uh, from a visual sense, she's actually kind of cutesy and whatever. We know she's tough and whatever, but this is this is professional wrestling now. This isn't the octagon. This is a different game, you know. And she's going to have to have like a kind of a different look. I'm curious to know what her wrestling look and attire is going to be. That I'm very curious about. Well, I, I'll say this. Um, I want to emphasize that nothing. I have to say this. Nothing of what we're talking about is to the fault of Ronda Rousey. This, she has done nothing wrong for any of this negativity. This is solely on WWE and the way, you know, it's been portrayed, utilized rumors. I mean, it doesn't help when they're doing conference call and things are being finalized and, you know, we're going to, we're going to, nothing happens overnight. Triple H saying this is a journey and she's going to, you know, she hasn't done nothing yet. No, nothing. You know what I mean? What are we, what are we basing anything on other than her coming out and Roddy Piper's oversized jacket and pointing to a sign and Oscar slapping her hand away Uh, outside of that? She didn't say anything. You know what I mean? There wasn't even anything really going on there. I mean, there's two ways they could do it. They could do the storyline where everybody everybody is against her because she's an outsider and she doesn't. They fit should in. do that. I think that's a good one, DT, where they they ostracize her and see how tough she really is. They test her. The girls kind of like a Mean Girls kind of thing, right, DT? Where yes. they kind of go up against her. That's a good. That's a good way to go, DT. Instead of her being a bulldozer, I'd rather see that. 
Yeah, but I'm afraid they're gonna. It's more. It's easier for her to them to just have her have a confrontation with Stephanie. Stephanie comes out, berates the crowd, gets the crowd against her. Ronda Rousey's music hits. She goes after Stephanie. Crowd pops, and then you know, then they go to intermission. The, the crowd and is like, "What the fuck did we pop for?" You know, it's. <laughs> I mean. It's that's really w- the way it's more convenient for them and it's you know the easier way for them to go but whatever whatever <laughs> well uh, one one girl we know DT that will not be there one of your all-time favorites uh Tamina Snooker who had yeah. uh, surgery recently she's going to be out for about 6 months with a torn rotator cuff yeah she's she's out for a while and you know I'm not wishing her any ill will no no me me either I'm I'm she, just joking I'm, you know she had uh, you know she was very much injured, by the way, in the Royal Rumble. Uh, you know, everyone was talking about that white outfit she was wearing. But she was working uh, very hurt at that point. She was hurt for a while. And at the Rumble, she was uh, that was the last thing she could do because she was just about done at that point with our rotator cuff. She, I think, is 40. So Yeah, she's older. Yeah, she's older. I don't know if she'll – look, six months she'll be out. Will they retain her when she gets well? Don't know. I don't I, know. I'm not uh, – I'm not – feeling like much of a future for her i mean look i wish her well i hope she gets back sooner than later i see what she writes online that she's really pumped and you know just excited to come back but the and this is going to segue into something great but at the end of the day she's 40 and she's not spectacular in the ring and she is the daughter of Jimmy Snuka, and she is an intimidating person to look at. But again, she's 40, and you got a women's roster that's very hungry, you know, very, yeah. and she is very, very, I mean, look, after all of these years, her music hits, and you would think it's it's playing from a CD in your house because nobody's reacting whatsoever to her yeah. coming out. I think her career it's not over yet, but it's at the twilight, in my honest opinion. Agreed. I agree. Somebody who made a wrestling return this weekend after four years was Caitlin. She wrestled yes. for Coastal Championship Wrestling. Um, she took on Rachel Ellering and beat her. She, from what I read and from what people were saying, she looked excellent. She did an interview. She admitted that you know she had a lot of things happen in her life. She had a tumultuous 2017. <clears throat> she divorce. just got she yeah she got divorced. She went through. She had a drug problem. She yes, had a, 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 a substance. I saw the video. Yeah, um, a substance abuse problem. She's very cute. She looks very good. I like the way she looks now. She's really morphed into a different looking person, DT, from what people will remember her in her heyday as Caitlyn. She looks a lot different. Very attractive. Uh, making a comeback, kind of like uh, you know starting over again pretty much and if anybody knows rachel ellering of course is the daughter of precious paul ellering so yeah mm-hmm. we just fought but no caitlin looks good i think she looks you know she's a good looking woman and we wish her well she definitely i didn't realize uh all the battles she's gone through in the last yeah. couple of years she actually really had a tough road in the last few years yeah yeah, yeah. she really did and you know we wish her well she will be back in wwe in my opinion and i'm not wishing any Buddy to be released at all, but in my honest opinion, I, I'm sorry for saying this, but get rid of Dana Brooke and put Caitlin in a spot. Caitlin, That's not bad. That's Caitlin not bad. is agree, built. Yeah. She's physically fit. She is, you know, built like Dana Brooke, and she's got obviously better wrestling ability. A better worker, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I would get rid of Dana Brooke and, you know, harp drawn stick figures on a pad. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> What she really? I mean, I feel bad because I know she's trying, but 
I know, she's just she not fitting fun. in. She's not fitting in. I agree. Um, another thing we have to comment about, and people have been asking us to talk about it, and we will mention <clears throat> it. I have no idea your reaction to it, but I just want to give my quick two cents about the whole thing. Uh, Mish and I talked about it a little bit on Breakfast Soup. Um, the pairing of Gold Dust with Mandy Rose, Rose Gold. And they are so, like, gelled together, smooth, entertaining. They mm-hmm. were fabulous as a tag team in the Mixed Match Challenge. Everybody was buzzing about it online. Yeah. And I'm reading and listening and seeing links to podcasts and everybody saying, holy fucking shit, this is a jewel, a diamond in the rough that they didn't even realize that they had, that mm-hmm. they backed into it because Alicia Fox... And my honest thoughts about it, five to seven years too late. I am a huge fan of Dustin Rhodes. I want WWE to give him more airtime. But, you know, we were on and on and really enjoying what he did at the Starcade, and nothing came about it. They were teasing that he was having that cameraman in the ring and he was doing a thing with our truth Nothing came about it. Wow. Right now, Dustin Rhodes is a role model. He is in a, not in the twilight of his career. He could still do it, but WWE does not put him very high in the food chain. And the reason why you're not going to see this pairing as big as what people think it should be is because, number one, you don't have mixed match challenges happening every week on TV. Right. Number two, you, they don't want to utilize Mandy Rose like that. And number three, I mean, Goldust, the age that he's at, WWE is not going to utilize him that way. So it was a great, absolutely. I mean, it's probably better for the indie circuit than anything else because WWE will not give it a chance. I wish they would. I just don't see it. Yeah, well, I'm Dustin, the scuttlebutt behind the scenes is Dustin is gaga over Mandy Rose. And I'm not saying in a stalkery. He is big on her. He sees something in her. He puts her over all the time. I don't know if you even see him on social media, DT. And I know yeah. he might be campaigning a little bit, but the word is he is really big on her. He thinks she's got star potential. He really wants to mentor her. Um, and he thinks it's a great combination. Maybe capture the Marlena Goldust thing in a modern way with a with a new girl. Mandy Rose is, is a great looking woman. I I, li- I personally like her, and I thought she did pretty good in her match tonight. You know, she needs some work. She's not exactly Trish, but you know, she's up and coming. I actually I like Mandy Rose. She's got a great look, beautiful woman, uh, in great shape, young. I didn't realize how young she is. She's only what twenty five, and uh, but Dustin is really big on her, and and. Uh, sure, Dustin's campaigning to get more time for himself on TV. But, yeah, you're right, DT. It might be a little too late. Dustin is closing in on 50 years old. Um, I think at this point he's there, you're right, as a, as a mentor figure, uh, putting people over, him and R-Truth, that's their job. But Dustin's got a few years on, on R-Truth. Yeah. Dustin is, let's be honest, DT, he is in really the twilight of his career. He's near 50. I, I mean, don't. so, you know, I, but Dustin still can go. I mean, but uh, I think – Obviously, DT, he wants to get some time and maybe this little campaign could stir a little buzz on the Internet, get people, you know, pressuring, give the people what they want kind of thing. Right. But it might be a little like you said, DT, it might be a little too late. I know the perfect way WWE could really utilize them. Seriously. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the problem is, is that I don't think they want to break up this absolution team 
yet, even though they they should. I mean, it's a shame, but they should. They're going to have to. I would, what I would do is on all the house show circuits, have a novelty match. Just like they're doing in Madison Square Garden, they're going to do Cena and Nikki Bella versus Bailey and Elias. No, so, that's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah be fun. So why not on the house show circuit have one mixed match challenge on the card? Just like they used to do back in the day when we used to go to garden shows, we would hear results at the Spectrum and Boston Garden and everywhere else. You would hear like a novelty match, like a midget match, or you see you, hear, you see a yeah. women's match or a battle royal or something. Put Goldust and Mandy Rose on the house shows and let them take on a, 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 a mixed tag team. And what that does is it builds experience for Mandy Rose. The spotlight is not on her. If she starts poo-pooing in the ring, they keep, she could tag out to Goldust, and Goldust could fight the man. And you know what I mean? And she, I think this would be a win-win because the house show, they let you go longer. Fans would be entertained by it. And, you know, it's it's an easy way of getting a, an entertaining match on the house show that, sure, they're not going to get any pushes from it. They're not going to get any belts from it. But you know what? Hey, I went to a house show last night. They had a fun tag team match between, uh, you know, Rose Gold versus whatever. And utilize it that way. If there's no room on TV for the for the pairing, fine. Do it on the house shows. Look, DT, you know, if let's remember, Trish got popular from leading Dustin Albert. Yep. What was it, TNA? TNA. Right. So maybe Gold Dustin, and I, and I believe Dustin is a good-hearted guy, and I think he's thinking, you know what, maybe I can help get this girl over and, and make her, uh, maybe not Trish, but somewhere like that, and uh, because he sees something in her. Because I don't think Dustin's going to waste his time with someone he doesn't think has talent or has any kind of look. But word is, he, he is very big on her, and it's not just a work that he really is – Wants to help her, and and I believe Dustin, and you know the same thing, DT. When Dustin retires from the ring, he'll be a trainer. He's got a job there, probably for life. Um, you know, he could be very helpful behind the scenes, maybe production. You know, he's Dusty Rhodes' son. I'm sure he knows a lot. But uh, you're, you're right; it's a little bit too late. But maybe still, they can get something out of it on the on the road. You know what absolutely, I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. And I think that's a easy way to get you know ten minutes filled in your house show. And I think it would be a fun match that everybody would enjoy. Yeah, don't like it. Yeah. Why not? I uh, want to give some shout-outs, and we'll get in some uh, other women's news because we got some Ring of Honor and some other stuff. Uh, before anything, I want to wish everybody out there a happy Valentine's Day. Yes. Mm-hmm. One person in particular I want to shout-out. Um, his name is John Summers. He is the husband of Courtney Summers, who is uh, one of our biggest supporters, patron, friend of the show. You know, we always shout out Courtney Summers, but we never shout out her husband. So shout out to John. He is a fan of the show as well. Oh, what's up, John? Yeah. I uh, want to shout out our new and returning patrons, Pat McGrath, and- Andre, Kyer Christensen, Patrick Wagner, Stephen Gonzalez, Larry Lohr. And I don't remember if I shouted out Adam Alvarado last week. And once again, Tom Nelson, um, shout out to you, my friend. Uh, our other associate producers and sponsors, Tyke Bowers, Simon Hoodie Hood, Brent Webster, the Metaphor Isaac Fox, Hassan Hashmi, Jerry Stewart, Chad Davis, Brandon Foley, Johnny Marin, and Michael Westfall. We'll get into more plugs later. Also want to shout out... Um, the uh, I know we shout out some uh, stores and some YouTube shows as well. Your Best Bargains, LLC. 
I actually uh, bought some bird stuff on Amazon yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh. for my bird. Yeah, I'm bird sitting. My parents went to Florida because this week is their 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, congrats. Yeah, so they left for Florida. That's why I got to get up super early tomorrow because I got to take care of a few things. And this bird wakes up at like 530 in the morning. And uh, Oh, it's their bird, not yours? It's their bird. But, you know, oh, when they're in Florida, I mean, he's my bird, too. But when he's in Florida, I, I watch him. But he's an African gray. He's very intelligent. I mean, he talks like you wouldn't believe. Oh, and he's I, the one you had on videos? He's on, a, uh, yeah, on the he's page, the one I had on video. And I swear on my mother. And everybody knows I wouldn't swear on my mother unless I was serious because she's been, had the heart issues. He is trained that when I come home and one day I got to take have my camera phone out to do it. When I open up the door... He goes, Anthony's home. Swear oh, on my mother. Swear on my mother. He uh, he talks up a storm. I got to videotape some of the stuff that he says. It's pretty funny. That's great. Well, your parents aren't having a big thing. Fiftieth, no, uh, no, no, fiftieth party. No, Nothing. they're not. They're not up to it. You know, my mom just had eye surgery and she's got the issues with the heart still. My father is, you know, he's not doing all that great either. So they wanted to have a quiet you know, together between them two in Florida. When they come back, we'll probably go out to dinner or something like that. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. So uh, shout out to your Best Bargains LLC once again. Skyhawks Wrestling Collectibles that you can find on the, on the Wrestling Soup. Wrestling Soup. Wrestling Loot <laughs> on eBay. Shout out to Mish and Wrestling Soup also. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Thursday night. Uh, next Wednesday, I'll be doing Breakfast Soup with Mish once again, and you'll be doing this Thursday's Castle Chronicles solo show. Correct. Uh, shout out to Douglas McKay, Rob McCabe, Michael Cuomo, Brian Byrne, Joe Bassey, and Merrill Coombs Jr. We'll get into some more shout outs a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks, Courtney. Also, she let us know Alexa Bliss officially made history. She's now the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion of all time. Wow, really? Okay. I know it's not a big feat but you know what hey history is history absolutely yeah uh emma made her ring of honor debut and there is footage online of her wrestling and she fucking tore it up she really i you could t you could see that she was basically telling wwe fuck you this is how great i am this is my ability she tore it up she really did a good job. What's she's using her real name, Tennille Dashwood? Yes. Is that her, her name on the circuit? Yes. Okay. Yeah. She she did very well. I anybody that's a fan of Emma's, uh, you want to see her really perform in an outstanding match, go online and watch it. And um, you know, she had some moments, you know, she was a little bit sloppy here and there, but I think it was more of the person that she was working with. You know, you you could see that you know, she was trying to really, you know, like get into a flow, but I thought she did very well. Now, there's there's a little, there's some discrepancies. Um, some people are saying she was getting a good reaction. Some people say people didn't care. What was, did anybody see the live? I didn't see any live uh, clips, but some people are saying she wasn't really over with the I, I don't pay attention with Ring of Honor. I don't really, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, they, I, I know. I just was, people were saying, uh, I can't remember what the comment was, like, you know, why do Ring of Honor be, bring these people in? The Ring of Honor crowd doesn't care. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I didn't see the clip. I want to check her out. I like her. I want to see what she's uh, doing on the uh, on the uh, circuit now that she's free of WWE. They, I want to see how she progresses. They did that to Hardy way back in the day. They just, you know, it's it's a little bit odd with some feds because they have this idea like, you know, certain people and certain styles and certain gimmicks, right. you know, it's just poo-pooed on. And, you know, look, 
They're going to do a Women of Honor title tournament. All right. And yeah, I mean, Cody Rhodes has me blocked on Twitter because I said that his wife is attractive, but she's not that good in the ring yet. <laughs> all right. And look, he, you know, he, that triggered him fine. But I'm expressing my opinion. Brandy Rhodes, it, you know, I haven't seen many of her matches recently, but a year ago, Brandy Rhodes was as green as, green as grass. All right. She's, I'm sure she's improved since then. She's been working matches. But they have Brandy Rhodes in this win, Women of Honor title tournament. Now, you ask me, who, and, t- you know, Emma's in the tournament also. But what I'm saying is, is that you mean to tell me that Ring of Honor fans, and they do this, they embrace Brandy, but shit on Emma. Why? Because Brandy is the wife or, you know, the, the yeah. significant other of Cody Rhodes. You, you know what I'm saying? That when I see logic like that, I watch the match, I don't pay attention to the fans. I don't pay attention to fans. I watch the match and I judge it like that way. Well, you got blocked, but did you see there was some controversy with Cody online a couple of days ago? Eh, about what? Because he said that Vince really gives people a shot. Yeah, you you know you know what I notice? The people that bitch about things like that, the people that bitch about Vince Russo, the people that bitch about that, before I even respond, I look at their age. Because yeah. the thing is, is that if you're in your twenties and you're learning about the Monday Night Wars because of watching the WWE Network and watching WWE wrestlers belittle Vince Russo and WCW, and that's how you develop. If you weren't around in real time as things were happening, you're limited as far as what you can understand. And when I see people passionate about this and passionate about that, and then I realize that they didn't even have pubic hair when these people were on TV, I'm like, you know what? I'll accept your criticism, but I'm not going to put that much weight into it. You know, you remember when we used to do a show, the Minority Report, there was a guy on there. His name was Dave the Genetic Freak. He was on there for a very short period of time. I remember. And I will never forget this. Guy was a young guy. All right. He was fine. You know, he was entertaining. But he just totally shit on Andre the Giant. And said that he was a shit worker, couldn't do nothing. What the fuck was the big deal about Andre the Giant? The match with Hulk Hogan was poor, pathetic. It was sloppy in the ring. Didn't and I'm like, there's a reason why 93,000 people showed up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So the thing is, is that when you have to go through the time when we watched matches where somebody won because of a drop kick. All right. And look, there are a lot of young people that are very educated and very smart. And I I watch some of these sensations that are in their early 20s and they're talking about politics and they're smarter than some of our politicians. But the thing is, is that if you're going to just totally shit Emma out of the building because of where she came from, if you but you're going to praise Brandy Rhodes, if you're going to shit on Vince Russo, if you're going to shit on this and shit on that and your real basis is what other people are saying, no, I don't put that much weight into it. I agree. You know, not every wrestling fan is in their forties and fifties. I mean, so and a lot of our patrons are younger, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they, when they criticize, they actually give a reason. You know what I mean? Like if you want to criticize some of the storyline writing, all right, this week in wrestling history for this week is the feud between Bret Hart and Will Sasso. All right. And you read online from back then, People say it's one of the most embarrassing moments in Bret Hart's career, a feud that was pathetic, should never happen, this, this, and that. 
had zero to do with Vince Russo. Right. No, you're right. So you don't see any criticism about Bret Hart versus Will Sasso, and you don't see other things, but because Judy Bagwell was on a, a, a forklift, which sucked, but you know they, they're very selective with their criticism. So if you if you want to criticize, fine, just have reasons behind it, and also be fair and criticize others. You don't like Tennille Dashwood; she's kind of sloppy. I like where she comes from. Don't fucking you know come because Brandy Rhodes is on your on your show because Cody's on the show too. Oh, you're right. And actually, good segue, DT, for another former WWE superstar. Uh, and people can criticize this uh, this man if they want. We like him personally. James Ellsworth yeah. uh, made his uh, debut in the NWA to challenge uh, Nick Aldis, of course, formerly Magnus, uh, for the ten pounds of gold. Um, and actually, Austin Idol was the one who uh, picked him. I didn't even realize Austin Idol was Nick's manager. Yeah. I didn't even know that, actually. I'm a big Austin Idol fan. Actually, Austin looks pretty good for almost 70. Yeah. But yeah, so Ellsworth, uh, obviously, his no-compete clause is up. And this is his, James's first appearance outside of WWE, right, uh, DT? Yeah, I, I think he should have went with the battling women only gimmick. You I think mean, so? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it was nice to see him back. You know, seeing him fight with Magnus, I mean, look, you know, could it be a Mikey Whipwreck fluke win if he won the title? That's what I was thinking of, DT, when I was watching. I was watching the clip. That's what I was thinking of, actually, like maybe a little Mikey Whipwreck thing going on here with James Ellsworth. I think he should have just stuck to being the intergender champion, especially in this day and age, have women beat him up, and then he just squeaks out a victory. You know, pulls the tights, pulls the G-string, pulls the panties, whatever. You know, does a roll-up, something. I mean, he's missing out on a on a home run. I just think that would fight. That's his calling, in my opinion. I will continue saying it until the cows come home. You know, him. look, he took on Magnus, fine. Match wasn't bad, fine. You know, do you, do you buy into him wrestling Magnus? No, I mean, I, I was kind of – I mean, listen, I don't know if TNA wants him. I don't know if New Japan wants him. He's got a name. He was on TV for, what, 16 months. Uh, you know, nice guy. Everybody seems to like him. He's getting some help from people uh, because people want to help him. They want to see him get employment. Um, was this the right move for his first thing to do? I mean, it's a very uh, – you know, it's a new promotion. It's, it's not very, you know, highly featured or spotlighted. But maybe that's this is where Ellsworth needs to be, DT. You know, maybe – he doesn't need to be in TNA or New Japan. Or maybe they, they don't think he's primed for that. And this is where he needs to be right now, a smaller promotion. You know, the, the top guy, Nick is the top guy there. Austin Isles is the top manager. So he's in an angle right off the bat with the top guy in a small pond. Maybe that's where Ellsworth needs to be. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, what really? What can you really do with James Ellsworth? He, he is a modern-day Mikey Whiprack when you really think about it. Intergender champion. Let I mean, him. I know you're, you're saying that, but but is there going to be those opportunities for him? Look, he will be indie, – indie shows will use him. He is good, and he's very well-liked. He's a legitimate yeah. nice guy. Yeah, he's a you nice know, guy. He is very, you know, um, interactive with fans. He's a good guy, and you want to root for him. But I just think, you know, you want – you know, he does this for a living – you want to do something that's unique. And I just think if he does that, it's something totally unique. To me, it's not as goofy and stupid as as uh, what's-his-face's dick, you know, causing people to have suplexes. Oh, Joey, 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 Joey Ryan. Ryan. I mean, look, comedy matches fine. 
you know, but this bionic dick thing, let me put my hand on your <laughs> dick, Joey Ryan. Let me let me grab your dick and let's see if 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 I fucking fall to the floor. I I told you I'm the most dangerous wrestler in the world because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'll drop you on your head, not intentionally, but I'll drop you on your head. But you, I just you it's not believable. You know, you're supposed to have wrestling is supposed to be suspension of disbelief. It's right. supposed to be choreographed pre, it's predetermined it's supposed to be suspension of disbelief. Everybody that loves fucking feuds, you know, loves this loves that you know you forget that at the end of the day they're going for beers you know what i mean so i think ellsworth this he this would make him stand out it's a unique thing and it's a novelty match and i think it's it's something i don't know if maybe promoters are just afraid to have a man face a woman in the ring and i'm not talking about joey ryan stupid shit i'm talking about you know, maybe they're afraid that, you know, a woman, oh, this this abuse era that, you know, a woman puts his hands on a, a man puts his hands on a woman, even though it's choreographed. Oh, my God, he punched her. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're afraid. I just think this is James Ellsworth's calling. He's got the perfect physique. You know, he, he has that look that you would just want to biff him on the head. You know, you could just picture the women, you know, wanting to beat him up and he's teasing and being an absolute jerk about it. And the women could just annihilate him. And at the very end, he squeaks out a victory. Easy. Easy. Sometimes the best wrestling is the ones that are not overthought about. You know, over-examined, over-thunk, you know, if that's even a word. No, it's true. And actually, speaking of uh, one of the best, some people say the best, uh, Shawn Michaels, the GADT, is going to be honored by the Cauliflower Alley Club in April. The Cauliflower Alley Club announced that Shawn Michaels will be presented the Luthez Lifetime Achievement Award at this year's CAC reunion in Las Vegas on April 28th. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Shawn Michaels, he's mellowed over the years. You know, he's been, he's yes. more accessible. I think that would probably be the right word. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's nice. And the Cauliflower Alley Club is very well respected. It's got a long lineage. Yeah. Uh, sure, there's probably other people that could have been picked before him. But no, it's a lifetime achievement, and it's he deserves it. It's good, good deal. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, just a quick mention for those that are interested. Um, 2015, uh, it, there was a book released in Japan. It was a biography of Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, autobiography, and it was titled "King of Strong Style: 1980 to 2014." It's going to be re-released in the United States in English. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's something I think some some out there would probably want to seek out. Uh, have you been enjoying the uh, classic footage on the WWE Network? Yes, uh, bloopers, bleeps, bloopers, bleeps, and body slams. Yep. Somebody posted the uh, the the box art from uh, Albano hitting uh, one of his Afa with the with the wooden chair. Yeah. Oh God. I just it just brings me back to renting those uh, the, the Starlight Video, the local video store. Uh, place in my uh, in my hood back in the mid '80s. Me and my brother were talking about it. Uh, renting, we've rented them many times. We probably rented them maybe twenty times. Yeah, I mean, literally rented. It was back then. It was two dollars to rent the tape. Mm-hmm. So we rented them many, many a time. Yeah, my um, what I love about it is you don't. He he pronounces it this way in matches too, but when he's doing like setting up like the match you're about to see, I always laugh when I hear Jesse Ventura call Snuka. And a match with Superfly Sanuka. He calls Sanuka. Sanuka. Yeah, Sanuka. 
Roddy Piper versus Jimmy Sanuka. So, shout out to Charles Lentz, our associate producer, Courtney Sp- uh, Summers, Brandon Goins, Carl Buteau, aka Cheese and Rice, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Rich Diaz, Alton Ahia, Bespoken, Anthony Smith, Jaron Bartolome. We'll get into some more shout outs in a little bit. Uh, don't forget, everyone, got clips of our show, Solo Monster, and others on TV Tracks' YouTube channel. Rock reviews for a very unique show about rock music. I'm curious if they ever did a review on that group we were talking about earlier. Oh, I can find out. Yeah, I, I, I want to find out because I, I listen to their shows and watch it sometimes. And half of the show, the bands, I don't know who the fuck they're talking about, but just the way they review them is pretty funny. <laughs> DJ Dell's in his sneaker podcast. Uh, you can find them under the Sneaker Attic on uh, YouTube. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling collectible and comic book needs. Crisis in the Toyverse has a podcast as well on YouTube. You could search under the name Undercover Capes. And shout out as always to Blake Michaels. Made a really cool intro song for us for Wrestling Soup. You can find him on SoundCloud and you can follow him on Instagram under the name BlakeMichaels93. Should we play the... um, Audio with uh, Booker T and uh, Corey Graves. Uh, you want to play it? Yeah, I think we, well, we can maybe save it a little bit later. Yeah, we could put it a little later. Yeah, we'll do it a little bit later. <laughs> um, your thoughts on CM Punk. Uh, he's gonna. They announced his return fight to UFC June 9th. He is going to be taking on Michael, uh, not that Michael, Jackson. Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. Uh, yeah, UFC was 225 in Chicago on June 9th. Uh, uh, he's got to win. If he doesn't win uh, a year from now, we'll see him back in the WWE because he's going to need employment. He has to win. If he does not win, he is finished. I don't know anybody who could disagree with that. That he must win, DT? He must win. He's The fight's taking place in Chicago. No pressure mm-hmm. there. <laughs> no, yeah, no pressure. No pressure there. <laughs> oh, God, if he gets knocked out in Chicago. I mean, let's still forget him, but, but he has to win. He cannot get knocked out again. He cannot submit. He has to win. You know what there's, I noticed? No doubt, no, no doubt about it. This is not wrestling. This is not, you know, he's going to get a bunch of chances. After that disastrous debut, he's got to come back on this one. There is no wiggle room on it. If I remember correctly, I believe both him and Mike Jackson have the same exact win-loss records in UFC, 0-1. They both lost to Mickey Gall, and they both yes. lost to the re- in the, for the uh, rear naked choke. Yes, they you're both correct. I'm, out. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, so you're right. Battle of the losers. Battle of the battle. Mickey Gall victims over there. So. Oh, God. And man. they're not losers. I mean, no. I'm not into ultimate fighting, but I, I wish the mom. Sh- I have a feeling it'll be a little bit more of a competitive match than with Mickey Gall. I'll tell you what will be even more of a competitive match, DT. Rey Mysterio versus Jusen Dundin Liger set for New Japan's return to the United States. New Japan announced uh, the Pro Wrestling Road to the New Beginning tour finale in Osaka, Japan. A video of Rey Mysterio. They played with the former WWE and WWE World Champion announcing that he was going to make his New Japan debut at the March 25th Strong Style Evolved event in Long Beach, California. Yeah. At the, at the sold-out Walter Pyramid. Yeah. And for those that, that should are be pretty cool, by the it, way. That it should. should. And not only that, Access TV is going to be broadcasting it so we can actually see it in the United States. Um, some fans are pissed off. Because, um, and it's, this match could still happen. 
at the Long Beach event. But there's word going around that it may be held off until June. Uh, the original plan on the same card with Mysterio versus Lager, they were going to have Chris Jericho versus Naito. Right. But now uh, word is is that they may hold off until June. You know, I, I don't know if it's a case that, hey, we sold out the fucking building already, so we we don't really need to put Jericho versus Naito. We'll wait. We'll just save that in the bag until June. I don't know what the deal is with that, but, you know, again, you know, this match could still happen in March, but, you know, people are starting to think that that match may be saved until June. Well, DT, why? Because they don't want to give people too much, or is there, is there a problem with who gets the main event? I don't know. I mean, you know, New Japan, the, you know, a lot of people f- either forgot or didn't realize that Jericho versus Omega was not the main event. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, the main event is really to the eye of the beholder sometimes. And with New Japan, it's not, you know, so, I mean, Mysterio versus Lager is not the main event. I mean, it's one of the matches that night, but... No, it's, a one, of the, it's high, one of the highly featured matches. Sure, sure. I don't know. I just it kind of feels to me like yeah, we'll keep we'll keep it in the back burner until June. You know, like why blow our load? You know, we already sold out the building. I mean, we yeah, got already sold out. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll do a little angle. You know, maybe Naito will have some interaction with Jericho, but I don't know. It just kind of feels like hey, we already sold out the building, so let's let's save this bullet for June. No pun intended. I agree with, yeah, I agree with you. And actually, uh, there's a little fun fact that uh, last time Mysterio and Liger met was Starcade 96, 22 years ago, yeah, DT. Yeah. Wow, 22 years ago. If I'm correct, I think Liger got the victory back then. And I think. Uh, Mysterio, uh, Mysterio got the win over Liger. Did he? Oh, yeah. So if, if whoever lost back then, I think probably may get their win back. God, how old is Justin Liger? He's been around for like 35 years. He's been around for a while. Yeah, he's like, he came after, Tiger Mask was like the guy, and then Justin Liger replaced Tiger Mask as like the light heavyweight dude. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of legends, I don't know if you heard about this. I don't know how people will will feel about this. WWE wants to put more emphasis on the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and Mm -hmm. there's reports going around that Goldberg may be in that match this year and may win it. Really? Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm just telling you there's reports going around that uh, Goldberg may be featured in this match and may actually win it. Oh, oh okay. I, no, I didn't even hear that. Okay. I, I personally, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, has that really helped Baron Corbin or what's his face? Uh, Mojo Rawley. Mojo Rawley. I mean, not a not a bit. If anything, it kind of feels like they're snake bit from it. Uh, well, the first one to win was what Big Show. Then it was uh, Cesaro. Uh, oh, Cesaro. I'm sorry, Cesaro. Won. Yeah, but Cesaro was already doing okay, and he's mostly a tag team wrestler now, anyway. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Andre the Giant Memorial. I always just thought the Andre the Giant thing should be for some monster to win it. You know, I agree. I agree. Like, I, like maybe have that guy. Uh, what's his name? DT, the one who's tearing it up. Uh, he was injured, but I think he's back now. Uh, he's basically the the uh, Braun Strowman of NXT. What's his name? Oh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh God, what's his name? Chat room, help me out here. The uh, the the guy who's squashing everybody in NXT. Uh, you thinking? Jesus, I can't La- remember. Wait, wait, wait. Is it Lars, Lars, Lars Sullivan. Sullivan? Lars Sullivan. Yes. yes, maybe he can win it this year. Yeah, maybe. 
maybe. I you know what the problem is? Not a lot of you know. Yeah, NXT fans are hardcore fans, but again, I say this often. I don't think people realize how small the audience is that watches NXT. Yeah, I think I, I'm sometimes naive about it myself where I'm like, yeah, bring up such and such. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe they're not ready and no one's going to know who that is. And my brother, Draper, brought up a good point today about, uh, you know, kind of everyone was kind of putting Elias over, say he's one of the success stories from NXT. And can you name three people who are really over from NXT in the last few years? It would be Kevin Owens, Elias, and, uh, you know, maybe if you, I mean, Samoa Joe, you want to call him an NXT guy. We know he's more established than that. But really, from the call ups, DT, not a big success ratio as far as people being over, you know, from NXT. Not I think Sami Zayn is doing pretty good. Well, he's doing good finally after two years. But I'm saying, but because they put him with Owens and turned him heel before that, we thought he might have been released. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's. You're not going to hit a home run with every person that comes up. I mean, you know, and and you know what? You got to see the way WWE is utilizing some of these guys. I mean, right now it's Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns. I mean, they're doing a very good job, like, keeping the focus off of Roman Reigns. And then out of nowhere, boom, he's going to be right back in the midst of all of the promos and the the main events. And Mm -hmm. people are going to be like, fuck. You know, he's back in... I think Finn Balor's doing okay. I mean... Yeah, he's doing... Finn Balor's doing it. The problem with Finn Balor is the problem with a lot of guys have been having it. They're having it. I took my Ambien 15 minutes ago, everyone, by the way. Having it. I just invented a new word, having it. Um, (laughs) No, but you you know what's happening? WWE has a core group of people that they're focused Mm -hmm. on. And everybody else is two steps down. Not one step down, but two steps down. I mean, Elias, they're taking their time, and I'm glad because there's no reason to blow their load before WrestleMania. Let it continue after Mania. There's no reason to do that quickly. But right now, it's mostly Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Those are the two guys on Raw. I mean, Brock Lesnar to a certain extent. But again, I go back to what Kurt Angle says all the time. My job as general manager is to put on the best matches I possibly can. Why, why the fuck is Brock Lesnar <laughs> wrestling at the Elimination Chamber? I mean, seriously. I, I'm, I, I'm talking in storyline. He's not uh, the one that actually books the matches. I'm just, you know, it's Brock Lesnar's becoming an afterthought. To Gia Kurt Angle tonight, he said something like, really, you should really wishing wishes my Jason Jordan well wishes. Yeah. I was like, did he say wishing well wishes? Yeah. He said I, something like wishing well wishes. Well, you say that fast 10 times and you will. Oh, God, I know. He's just like, he got a little tripped up angle. WWE is making him cover bullet points and he's not able to use his own words. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he can't be a heel. So he's trying to be sympathetic, like, you know, shame on you, you know, instead of just saying, you know, you all suck. So he really has to be careful and they're giving him bullet points on top of it. And he's not the most well-spoken person. I mean, the reason why he was great back in the day is because he had the freedom to basically say what he wanted to say. There was really nothing holding him back. And when you make someone have to cover certain bullet points and they get a little twisted up, you know, especially you're in front of that many people. I don't care how many times you're out there. You, know, you could have brain farts. And- no, no, but also, did you also see him? Did you catch him smiling intermittently at Seth Rollins while Seth Rollins was talking? Yes. He does. does is it me or is, does he do that a lot to the wrestlers when he they're cutting does. promos? He, he does. does yeah. yeah, he does. He, he smiles, yeah. Yeah. 
But almost like he's kind of la- like laughing, like you know, to himself. There was one one segment not too long ago where he bursted out a real big smirk, and I I thought he was going to lose it, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was, but it was something in the ring. Somebody had said something, and he just looked at them, and you could see that uh, the, the 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 laugh was coming. But yeah. I don't know. I, I I give him a pass. And you know what? I thought Coach was much better this week than last week. Yes, I definitely thought Coach was better this week, yeah. too. That's why I said. Give him a couple of weeks. Yeah, he needs, yeah, people complain about it already. I mean, I will say this. You could tell Coach is very strapped as far as what he can say. And he's trying to find his moments. And the problem is, is he starts making a point that makes sense. And then somebody goes for a pin in the, in the ring. And halfway through his thing, Michael Cole's like, oh, two count, you know, and just like stops him, which has to happen. But he's got to find his moments a little bit more. When you have a three-man team also, it is harder. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out some of our associate producers again, James Grusom, Mark Israel, Matt Militia, Jeffrey Collins, Julian LeBlanc, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Sean DeMarsh, Lucia Dalban. Dan Hayes Valdez, Billy Taylor, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Marcus Antonius, Jason Pratt, jo- uh, Toby DeShong, Scott Woodford, CJ Uihara, Cressman, James Deal, Frank O'Shea, Ernesto Defenza, Spider Lou and Adam Demoy, Anna and Steve Speniak. Thank you all, as always, for your support. They are truly the stockholders as far as what we do, and they're the reason why. You know, the lights are still on and these shows are still free for everyone. So much love and much respect to them. Absolutely. And I want to shout out uh, shout out John Draper, my bro, and shout out Lady Trez, who's my co-host on Doc Chronicles. You can uh, check us out if you sign up for our Patreon at Don Tony D. Right, Don Tony? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, shout out to our friend Nicole, who I promised to shout out, who's a big uh, Don Tony, Kevin Castle fan, uh, friend on Twitter. So shout out to Nicole as well. Very cool. Uh, we'll go to 115. So it'll be exactly two hours. For those listening live, I will uh, release This Week in Wrestling History a little early, so you'll actually get a, a sneak peek of it immediately after we go live. From now on, to post it on Tuesday is like a throwback Tuesday type thing. You know, Just cool. make, make everybody wait an extra day. The patrons get it a couple of days in advance, but make everybody wait until Tuesday because throwback Tuesday just sounds good. There you go. Yeah. Um, for those that are interested, and you could kind of see uh, the influence the last two weeks. I mean, it's not just because, you know, Rockstar Spud is there, but Vince McMahon has given the helm of 205 Live to Triple H. Mm-hmm. And you could see 205 Live changing a little bit. Um, I kind of hope, nothing against them personally, but I kind of hope they get away from the, the Rich Swan push. I mean, you know, he could win matches, but I don't think... 205 Live should be focused around Rich Swan as a champion right now. You don't think so? No. He just he does some impressive moves and he to me he smiles worse than fucking Apollo Cruz. Mm-hmm. And um like I say, you know, every time he gets the call, no one really pops at all. They pop to singular moves, but they really don't pop to the guy. And and, and it's so embarrassing and I've mentioned this a few times in the past. He cuts a promo And it's like one of those promos where when the person enters the TV screen, like they look up for a second with that really awkward pause because they expect the fans to pop and react because the person's on your TV screen. Right. And he looks up and there's no pop. 
And it's just yeah. for people. I posted links on Twitter for examples. You see, the guy just gets virtually no reaction. You know, I'd rather see Rich Swan make a surprise return and maybe you give him a shot. Right. So, but uh, you should we get into that little uh, debate that a lot of people on Patreon have been asking us to get into over here, Rich Diaz and others, the CM Punk Daniel Bryan debate? Or you sure. want to save that for next week? Well, if you want to save it for next week, but if you want to like uh, close out the show with that, I mean. We're a little pressed for time, but I guess we can yeah. squeeze it in unless well, you want to. Well, you know, I want to mention this really quick, just about some TNA news. Uh, Ed Norholm did an interview with Newsweek, and he admitted that it was a big mistake to get into a war with Rebby Hardy. Oh, well, okay. I was very surprised that he didn't get major heat from the snowflakes out there because he actually made a comment saying that Hispanic women protect their men like no other. That so, is true. So I, I love the comment. I mean, my girlfriend is ha- is half Ecuadorian, but yeah. oh, um, yeah. I just expected him to get a massive amount of backlash from that, and he didn't, which I, I'm kind of glad about. Good. Thank God. Yeah. And I got to ask you a question, too. I mean, be- because Anthem owns the company now and because they've in- inter, uh, you know, introduced new belts, is this still TNA? Or is TNA dead? I mean, is this now Impact Wrestling like a new company? You know, I thought I thought it I thought it was. I thought TNA was kaput. I thought this was understood that it was Impact. Okay, I, I'm glad you said because look, they own the footage. They're leasing some of the footage out to WWE for the Hardy stuff because they're going to do a 24 special, which is really cool. Um, so obviously, they want to profit off of the footage on their global network that they're doing, but. What I'm confused about is Scott Demore did an interview over the weekend, and he was asked, you know, who he would like to see back in TNA, uh, well, Impact Wrestling, right? And he brought up AJ Styles, really, and and I was very confused about it because basically what he was saying is that you know we would love for him to have his homecoming moment, and I'm like, wait a minute. If I buy a fucking deli and I rip the thing apart and I put my own, you know, name on it and I put my own, you know, people in it, and maybe I keep a couple of workers and I might keep a couple of machines, but it's a totally different deli and maybe there's history because of the building, you know, what homecoming homecoming is he talking about? It's not TNA anymore. It's under new management. It's a new business. Yes, they own the footage from yesteryear, but if it's not total nonstop action anymore, what home company coming is he talking about? Exactly. What does that mean? I, I don't understand that. And I actually wrote this on Twitter earlier. I notice that they don't have a title history on their website. Mm-hmm. And I think they don't have it. Because they don't know how to recognize what type, what are they? Do they, uh, what are these belts? Is, is it still a lineage of TNA? You, you understand what I'm saying? This is a new no, company I now. I don't understand the homecoming part. It's, it, it's not TNA anymore. No, it's not TNA anymore. You, you know, I, I, I thought they were getting, like I said, I thought that was made clear that it's a it's, it's a new day. But we've heard this over and over again that it's a new time, a new resurgence in the company. Out with the old, in with the new, a new, you know, a fresh start. I, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, migrate out of that company, and then there's you know some mainstays, but most people seem to leave 
like I said, they even guys recently like James Storm, who's been there forever, is finally gone. Um, they can never seem to start a new DT. They, they can never seem to get a new identity. I mean, WWE owns the footage to WCW. I mean, right. it, are we going to have Disco Inferno come home and have a homecoming <laughs> in WWE because they own the WCW footage? And I'm a big Disco. I was a big Disco Inferno fan. I'm not dissing him. My point right. is, is that you go under new management and you change the belts and you change the name and you change the corporation and you call it now Impact Wrestling just because it's the same name of what the TV show. See, this is the thing they don't understand. That's like somebody buying WWE and calling the belt the raw belt. You, you, you understand? You, you or the SmackDown title. It's not it, it it's it's no longer TNA. You decided to take the name of a TV show and call that the name of your federation. Right. I don't understand where this homecoming comment comes from. And again, you go on their website, there is no title history there. Because I don't think they have a fucking clue as far as what do we do? Do we acknowledge yesteryear, but we're not TNA anymore? So how do we acknowledge these belts? I mean, if you want to acknowledge that someone is a former seven-time heavyweight champion, fine. But they're not a former seven-time heavyweight champion for your company. Well, DT, couldn't you say the same about WCW showing uh, paying homage to the NWA? Yeah. Like back, back in the day, would you say that's comparable? Well, if if you had a wrestler that never competed in WCW, it's like, you know, if Luthez was still alive and he came to WCW in 2002 to come home. You know, it wasn't the NWA banner anymore. The NWA, you know, was... was well, how about say like Greg Valentine, who was very uh, notable well, in, the NW, in the NWA and then like WCW saying, you know... In WCW. Did Greg Valentine wrestle? He wrestled in WCW. Yeah, he came out as the hammer, and he was, I think, oh, a baby he? face towards his. Very, very brief, though. Very brief. Very so, brief. so, so, all right. So, here's a good example: Wahoo McDaniel, never in WCW. He's a legend in the NWA. Couldn't they, you know, pay show footage? And this is what the company was, and this is the old guard. And Wahoo was a big superstar back then. You know, you know what I mean? Like one of the old it, time. Magnum TA from, in 1989. From the NWA. I think in 1989 they did do a Legends convention. Right. So in 1989, I'd agree with you, but they wouldn't be able to do that in 2000. Okay, because it was no longer NWA. That's true. You know, so just just like with ECW, I mean, at one time it was NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. Right, you know, that's true. Yeah. So once they Shane Douglas threw down the NWA title. You weren't going to have an NWA wrestler coming home in an ECW event in 1999. I just, again, I just don't understand. Scott Demore is from TNA, so I understand. Right. But, Scott, look around. Um, it's under new management, and it's not the same company anymore. It's it's new. So, I don't know. Anything to, anything to just sell a product. Yeah, you? I know. I know. Um very quickly, uh, I guess we can mention it. Why not? Because I don't think there's really much of a... I don't know why people wanted us to debate it and have such an in-depth... Con you know, I think people brought it up because I think it's going to spark a lot of others out there debating this and arguing this because I think our answers would be pretty clear-cut and to the point. But I guess we could bring it up. Mish and I had a great discussion uh, about a month ago on Breakfast Soup, we had a debate who had the harder time getting to the world championship, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. 
And he and I had two totally different answers. And we had this heated, heated discussion about it. So people are like, they would love to hear you and I have the same discussion. And like I said, I think it's going to spark a lot of people as well. But I ask you, of Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, who do you think had the harder time getting to the heavyweight title? As far think, as the WWE career? I think Daniel Bryan. Why do you think Daniel Bryan? I just think because I, I, for some reason I think CM Punk was touted for big things from the get-go. I think uh, when he came here... Uh, you know, he had Heyman in his corner. He had uh, right there. Heyman was a, a major player at that time uh, in developmental. Heyman was behind him. CM Punk came in with a v- big reputation. Th- there was big things for him. He had a, a major backer in Heyman and support. Daniel Bryan didn't really have that. And Daniel Bryan was in developmental for the WWE, though, back in 1999, along with Spanky, who was Brian Kendrick. And that's why they're best friends to this day. They came up in the business together. Daniel Bryan, even when he came here, when he was with the NXT, uh, I mean, you know, you know, when he was brought in in that competition, I think that they never really, even if he got a roster spot, I don't think they really ever saw him, DT, as a major player. I think he, he became a homegrown, popular guy. He built his way up organically. I think CM Punk was put on the path to go bigger places. I don't think Daniel Bryan was meant for that, and it was a shock and surprise when he did. And then came up with a catchphrase grew this beard, had this look, teamed up with Kane. A lot of these things, I just think they weren't – the course wasn't set for Daniel Bryan to be the world champion. It happened because the fans demanded it, because of the hard work. They saw it. CM Punk, I think, was put on a course. I think he got more TV time. He got more props. He had more support in the back. I just – that's just my opinion of it. I was really taking a grand look look at the whole scope and – I just feel that uh, Daniel Bryan was never meant to go the places that he did, and CM Punk was poised for greatness from the time he got in the fucking door. That's just the way. I, that's the way I see it. All right, that's my personal opinion. That's pretty much was my whole argument when I uh, debated Mish because he throws CM Punk, and I'm reading the chat room as you were saying that. Mm-hmm. And the argument that a lot of people make for CM Punk was that Triple H hated him. He did not have the, you know, the typical look as far as a WWE guy. Very outspoken and, you know, went against the grain. And he was not an outcast, but more of but a... He had, but he had Heyman in his corner. Right. Well, that's why... What, what did Daniel Bryan have? He didn't have anybody. Right. See, I, I agree with you completely. I mean, that was my whole argument debating on this, that, you know, Daniel Bryan, I don't think was ever looked at as someone who could win the heavyweight title. Oh, no way. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, CM Punk had a very difficult time, you know, a lot of obstacles to overcome. Oh, yeah, that, no doubt. You know, but, and and you know what, CM Punk may have been there longer on the main roster to get where he was, where he ended up, but I agree with you. I think Daniel Bryan had the, the hardest path to get to the heavyweight title. Um, oh, yes, so unlikely. I mean, even, I mean, let's, let's be honest, even promo-wise, Daniel Bryan's an okay promo. CM Punk was a great talker. Like I said, his mentor was was the guy, you know, the guru, Paul Heyman. I, really, read Daniel Bryan's story. He was on his own, even as American Dragon. He was under a mask for the longest time because people didn't think he was an attractive guy. So they put him under a mask. True story. He even talks about it himself. Uh, you know, and when he came here and he, he had to go through this competition and you say, wow, that's American Dragon who was in Japan and all. He's got to do these fucking obstacle courses and like a show horse, prove himself again. He's already 30 years old at that point. 
been in the in wrestling for 12 years at that point. Um, and, and, and as you know, DT, remember, he got fired originally. He was let go. Then they brought him back, if you remember, with the uh, – what was it, the Nexus thing? Yes. And, uh, and like I said, okay, he'll be mid-card guy. And then all of a sudden, it fans started getting behind them. And the announcers started uh, – you know, um, recognizing, wow, the fans are really supporting Daniel Bryan, blah, blah, blah. Then that, you know, down the road, he teamed up with Kane. That got over as kind of a comedy thing. Um, he was a heel. Then he became, forcibly became a face. And But once again, I never saw him as being the champion. And and who does he beat in that three-way? Batista and Randy Orton. And he gets over because the fans demanded it. Were they WrestleMania? That was his moment. But... You're right. CM Punk was at the top longer. Yeah, CM Punk had a lot of obstacles. Yeah, Triple H. Yeah, they both had big time obstacles. Absolutely. But you got to admit, everyone, even when CM Punk was kind of, he was ECW champion, you saw him going on to bigger things. Daniel Bryan, you you really didn't even know if he was going to be released again at another point. You know what I mean? I never thought CM Punk was going to get released. I always thought Daniel Bryan was on the cusp of being released before he, he, he got, he caught on with the fans. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally agree. So uh, it's let the debate continue with everybody out there because I'm looking online and a lot of people for CM Punk, a lot of people for Daniel Bryan. So mm-hmm. I think that's what uh, the target was. And uh, with that, I think we are done. Um, Wednesday at Breakfast of Blasi, I will let everybody know now it's going to be an abbreviated show because it is Valentine's Day and I will be spending it with my significant other. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I wish everybody happy Valentine's Day. Now, I have this audio of Booker T and Corey Graves um, basically telling everybody that the whole story was uh, made up. Yep. So you're more than welcome if you want to sit on and listen on it. I don't know if you heard it already, but I'm going to show Oh, no, I heard it. I heard it. All right. So I'll I'll disconnect from you and I will play it for everyone now so they can hear it. And then uh, for those listening live, they'll get the history segment right after it. Sounds good. I'll I'll uh, catch all the Patreons on Thursday for Castle Chronicles. All right. Take it easy, Kev. Peace, T. All right. Take care. All right, everyone. Uh, here is the audio of Corey Graves on Booker T's show. And as you will hear, uh, they made it up. Um, but, you know, Booker T explains why he made it up and how it came about and Corey Graves' initial reaction. And uh, I still think it's interesting. So I hope you all enjoy it. You got a problem with a man, you tell him to his face. And, and that's what I'm going to do right now, guys. On the line, getting ready to come on with me right now. I got a very, very special guest. Is he there? Who? Here he is, right here, my special guest. I've been talking about it um, since the beginning. Of the show. I mean, it's no better time than right now, you know. Um, and, I, and I'm sure he he's ready to get on. You know what? Without any further ado, let's bring on my special guest, Corey Graves. What's going on, Corey? Look, I'm looking forward to clearing the air. I've been afraid to go to Starbucks all week long. You know what, man? I've been hanging out behind <laughs> dumpsters. I've been, you know, what I mean? you know what I mean. I even had a low ride. I was, I was, I was cruising in, you know, just so you wouldn't know it was me at one point in time. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be a little less conspicuous, man. I saw that thing like a mile away. <laughs> you know, Corey. You know, my thing is this: Corey and I, guys, up. Uh, 
Corey Graves uh, from WWE Monday Night Raw. I mean, he's on SmackDown. I mean, he's at 205 Live. He's done it all. Uh, he's he's one of the hottest up-and-coming uh, stars, superstars in the WWE right now. Let me give him his props. Um, that, that is Corey Graves. And, and the thing is, you got a problem with a man, you tell him to his face. And, and that's what I'm going to do. Right now, guys, on the line, getting ready to come on with me right now, I got a very, very special guest. Is he there? Here he is, right here, my special guest. I've been talking about it um, since the beginning of the show. Um, it, it's no better time than right now, you know. Um, and, I, and I'm sure he he's ready to get on. You know what? Without any further ado, let's bring on my special guest, Corey Graves. What's going on, Corey? Book, I'm looking forward to clearing the air. I've been afraid to go to Starbucks all week long. You know what, man? I've been hanging out behind <laughs> dumpsters. I've been, you know, what I mean? you know what I mean. I even had a low ride. I was, I was, I was cruising in, you know, just so you wouldn't know it was me at one point in time. You, you gotta, know? you gotta be a little less conspicuous, man. I saw that thing like a mile away. <laughs> you know, Corey. You know, my thing is this: Corey and I, guys, up. Uh, Corey Gray's uh, from WWE Monday Night Raw. I mean, he's on SmackDown. I mean, he's up two hundred five live. He's done it all. Uh, he's he's one of the hottest up and coming um, stars, superstars in the WWE right now. Let me give him his props. Um, that, that is Corey Graves. And, and the thing is, Corey and I, we worked on the kickoff show. We was down there in in um, Stanford, Connecticut. Man, we was all in steaks. You know, we was all in lobster. <laughs> we was all in sea, all in sea bass. You know, sea bass on, 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 on a weekly basis. You know what I mean? Company uh, pay for it all. Brussels sprouts. I mean, we was we was eating about a hundred dollars a week uh, a piece. You know what I mean? That, that's 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 how close Corey and I got. But my thing is this: I just want to clear the air because you know it, it totally uh, it went viral as far as me calling Corey Graves out due to me losing my position on. Monday Night Raw. A lot of people don't know how hard I was smiling when they told me I was going to be moving on, moving back to my old position. But, 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 Corey. Well, I, I'm one. Of, I'm one of those people because I saw you walk in the locker room, grinning ear to ear, and I said, "What are you so happy about?" That's that's why when all this blew up, when I heard it, I was getting phone calls and text messages. You got to hear this. Booker said this, and as soon as I heard it, I didn't knowing you like I know you, I was just like. Oh, that's just book working. So, so I figured, you know, just being in the old school mentality, I'm like, oh, let's have fun with this. How <laughs> did it take off? <laughs> what do you think about that, though, man? What do you think about USA Today? I mean, Forbes. I mean, Forbes. I mean, I mean, Sports Illustrated. What do you think about these uh, these guys, these news uh, publications picking up a story like that when there's so much real news going on out there today? Well, first of all, like personally, I was pretty entertained by how we were able to work the entire wrestling industry. Somehow nobody bothered to call or anything. And it just, it just took off. It <laughs> yeah, went crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, even no guys like Taz and Vince Russo, they were all weighing in on it. I mean, they all bought Oh, my God. It. I could, like my Twitter, I mean, was on a nonstop refresh for about <laughs> two days. And it was just not. And I mean, some of the fans were so mad. And I, I mean, I was getting some terrible terrible twitter and instagram messages and all that and i'm laughing about it because i'm like god but what do we do with this right so that's what even i I told cole the other day after we talked on uh, monday and he goes so this thing with you and book it's it's cool i said it's you know book it's just we're just goofing around he goes okay well what what's the end game what are we trying to accomplish we're not trying to accomplish anything we're just having fun (laughs) we're just messing with each other like we do every day constantly And and somehow, you know, the world picked up on it. But it, what it is, on the other hand, is it's scary because to your point, in the grand scheme of things, you and I are relatively inconsequential to the, the good of the United States or the world as a whole. <laughs> right. We're entertainers. We, we just go out there and try to make ourselves laugh and, and keep ourselves occupied. 
So God forbid these, this story involving two guys like us blows up to the point. Imagine how much of this stuff you get on a daily basis about, you know, whether it's government or politics or or just, you know, any sort of news. People didn't check any facts. I didn't get a single phone call from any of these wrestling journalists. Nothing. They just went, oh, these two hate each other. And they're gonna fight. It's amazing, man. It, it, the, the the crazy part to me was, from, I mean, from a journalist perspe- journalistic perspective, you know, I, I say to you, you know, I'm not gonna do anything to you at the job. I'm not gonna do anything at the <laughs> airport. But if I catch him on the street, I'm gonna be whooping his ass. <laughs> I believe you said if you catch him at Starbucks, you're gonna tattoo him. <laughs> and the, the, the funny thing was, like I said, it, it took me the first the first text I remember getting was on. Sunday, it was right before the Super Bowl, it was uh, Big E. Big E was riding in the car, and he heard the audio, and he called me, or he texted me, he goes, man, what happened? What did I miss? I thought you and Book were tight. And I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. So he sent me a link, and as I'm listening to it, I, just knowing you, I'm like, oh, God, this is just this is what we spend hours doing every week, forever in a day. You just, know. just trying to, you know, make ourselves laugh. Hey, if nothing else, we entertained ourselves for a week, right? I tell you, man, it's been, it's been one of the most entertaining weeks I've had in a long time. And the thing is, guys, I'm out there, all the listeners out there, um, uh, Brad and I, we was doing the show last year. Yeah, tell them the story. This, tell this, them how, this, and this, I don't even know if you know this, Corey. This, this is how this, this came is what about. happened. I mean, we came to the last 12 minutes of the show and, and Brad and I, we look at each other. We go, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, man, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Oh, what, what about the core grace thing? You know, we could talk about, talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about that. So we literally did not have anything to talk about and we just <laughs> like on a whim. Let's talk about this. And the thing is, I said, I said this before I really went it off into it. I said, now, I know all of the dirt cheats are going to pick this up like nuts <laughs> and everybody. And, and I'd be doggone if everybody don't pick it up, you know. And we just, we literally just did not have anything to talk about. Made up a quick story and I'd be. Corey, um, I love you, brother. Um, keep doing, I love you too, no, Book. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, you, you, you're awesome in the commentary booth, and um, I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans. Um, all, all around the, all around the world, you know, people can think what they want to think, but now, um, it, it came from the heart system. I was you and I, we gave it to the world, and uh, I appreciate you for coming on heated conversation. Uh, much appreciated, man. We can we can always joke now about the time we had the hottest angle with WWE, and we didn't have the writing team. <laughs> you know what? You know who the maddest one of all was? Cole. <laughs> no, you know what? Cole says, what are you guys going to do? You guys gonna, you can't pay it off with a match at WrestleMania. But Cole goes, he goes, I'll wrestle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's still trying to get that WrestleMania match. Hey, That's man. all it's about. Hey, man. Have a good evening, man. I appreciate you for coming on the show with me, bro. All right, book. Thanks, man. Back. Thanks, Corey. Later. You know what sucked about this whole situation the last 24 hours? I was coming up with uh i wanted to make a little collage and i want i went on youtube and every podcast that thought that this was legit i took i saved their banner from youtube and booker t wants to beat this person up booker t wants to kill Corey graves wants to do this to that blah 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 the heat between Corey Graves and Booker T, backstage reasons as to why they have heat and why they hate each other and this and that. And um, so I wanted to make a collage. Now, I never really made a collage before, but even Wade Keller was funny because I listened to that fucking goofball because before I put his uh, picture on the, the banner, the collage, I wanted to make sure that he, you know, thought it was real too. 
this idiot goes on his podcast and he's like, 60% of it seems to be real. The fuck out of here. Have some balls and either say you believe it or you don't believe it. 60% of this That's what you call talking on both sides of your mouth. So anyway, I make the collage. But as I'm going through Google and I'm searching and trying to find things, every time I fucking look up Corey and Booker, you know what I kept finding? That Matarats in politics from Jersey. Corey Booker! And I was like, motherfucker, I'm trying to find good banners, real banners. I didn't want to put anything fake. I wanted to find stuff that would talked about Booker and Corey, Corey and Booker. And every time I went on Google and I typed Corey, even if I typed Corey Graves or Booker T because of Corey and Booker, I kept cut, getting back all these fucking photos of Corey Booker from Jersey. Unfucking believe. I can't stand that guy, Corey Booker. Oh, Matarats to the, to the umpteenth power. So anyway, everyone, it's almost 1.30 in the morning here in New York. I'm going to call it a night for the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We obviously went longer than we planned, and I'm starting to lose my voice. Now, everybody listening live, if you would like, I am going to give you all the early release of This Week in Wrestling History. For everyone else in the download, don't forget, This Week in Wrestling History is now its own separate show, its own separate download. Lots of audio clips this week. Lots of fun shit that you uh, probably have forgot about. Um, And yes, part of it is Will Sasso. uh, And I have the audio clip of Bret Hart when he showed up at Mad TV. And to this day, people think that 78% of the segment was legit. I don't know if you, if any if a lot of you out there have ever seen the incident with Bret Hart on Mad TV, but it is the anniversary of that and other things. So hey, if you want to check it out, those listening live, stay tuned. Everyone else on the download, go seek it out. It'll be released on Tuesday. Thank you for the support as always. I will be back this coming Monday once again with your next edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show, which is February nineteenth. And I am out of here. Take care, everyone. Peace. Ciao. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. Come.